Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 98, The Fate of the Furious, lap 6. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too, and this episode is brought to you by Chevrolet, specifically the Chevrolet Fleet Line. The Fleet Line was introduced late in the 1941 model year as a four-door sedan, then in 1942, a fastback two-door aero sedan was also offered. Shout out... Chevrolet. Shout out Chevrolet. Well, after the break, we will have a great guest on to talk about the fate of the Furious. But Joe, before we get to him, before we get to the movie, mm. extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we recorded Ronin on Sunday? Um, I forgot something that I left off like uh, last time. Okay. And I was disappointed that we didn't talk about it. So I want to talk about it here. Pretty much I haven't been up to anything serious besides watching some watching some things. And one of the things I watched was a recommendation from you, which I loved and I didn't get to talk about, which was the Apple. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Which I briefly mentioned on here as I watched it and I said, you're going to watch it soon or yes. whatever. Yeah. But yes. Mm-hmm. We were watching some Canon films recently and we were talking about that and the Apple was just so delightful for everything that I love. You know that I hate musicals. I'm not a big musical kind of guy. Yep. But this was more like a musical slash rock opera, I would say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not just like, it's not like a musical so much as like a play or a musical you would see. It, it's, you know, it's like more modern, more 80s. I don't want to spoil it, but it's just awesome. The songs are like really catchy, but very B-rate at the same time. I watched it. I really enjoyed it. A friend of ours, a friend that you met, Aiden, I recommended it to him. He has very similar movie taste to you. I recommended it to him. He really, really enjoyed it as well. Other than that, watching-wise, Rachel and I restarted The Wire, so we've been watching some of that, and we got to the scene, and I think that you... Oh, I was was glad to see that Rachel took the bold stance on Twitter that it's a top three show. Like, (laughs) I'm glad that somebody's finally sticking up for The Wire. (laughs) Yeah, true. It's top three, and it's not three. We got to the great scene. I think that you and I have talked about it before, like, off-air... Jimmy and Bunk go into that house, right, to, to, like, reinvestigate the murder that had, like, really bad notes. And the whole scene is them just going, fuck, fuck, like, motherfucker, <laughs> fuck, 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 yep. fuck, fuck, fuck. And, like, none of, they don't talk, but they know what each other's doing, and then they, like, find the bullet, and they, like, pulls the bullet out, and he's like, fuck. And, like, that's it. That's the whole, like, the whole scene, that's all they say. But they know exactly what's happening. And it was just, like, we watched that last night, and I was really enjoying it. On top of that, there's something to cut in that's a little bit, like, lighter than The Wire to watch as we started Space Force on Netflix with Steve Carell, Phoebe from Friends, John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. It's amusing. It's, It's, like, it's brain mush, right? Like, it's not something that I don't think it's, like, pivotal great humor but at the same time like it's very light it's very digestible we were watching that and uh, i think it's pretty funny like i get like a couple chuckles an episode i'm like oh that's pretty funny well there was a great hope between that show and avenue five which was the armando ianucci show on hbo the guy who made Veep made avenue five that there were these two space shows coming to you know comedy space shows coming to things this this year and avenue five was a swing and a miss at least for me and i think for a lot of my friends too so i bailed on that I have not heard great things about this. I've, I've heard, heard it kind of gets reviews. better as the season goes on. But, you know, for a show that is as stacked with a cast of people that I love as it is, 
I haven't started it yet because, like, I have not heard great things about it. I read a lot of mixed reviews, so, like, I definitely saw people that were like, that's not great, and I definitely saw people that were like, eh, it was alright. I'm in more of the camp that, like, it's enjoyable. Like I said, it's very light, so if you want, like, some really light comedy that's, like, laughing about goofiness, it, it's fun. Yeah, I don't mind it. I'm gonna stick with it. I think I'm, like, four or five episodes deep now. They're 20-minute they're episodes, too. You know what I mean? Like, they're half-an-hour episodes, so yeah. it's not much to commit to. It definitely got better. I think, like, episode one was, like, okay. It's, like, two, three, four got a little bit funnier, so. Yeah, now that I caught up on Rick and Morty, and, you know, there's a, there's a couple of shows that I'm three or four episodes, three or four hours behind on that are, you know, either airing or just recently concluded, but, like, once I catch up on those, then I'm going to, you know, do a lot of these basically things that are going to take me four hours to watch an entire season. So, yeah. like, Space Force or, like, the new BoJack that came out in January or whatever. Just, like, a bunch of things where I can oh, knock yeah, out I'm basically in an afternoon. BoJack. I started The Simpsons. Uh, not really started The Simpsons. I'd seen a couple seasons, but I am way behind. You and I have talked about this. Like, I'm way behind most of my friends on that, and you're even more behind than I am. Oh, you know what? Actually, I put on The Simpsons the other day. I put that on, too, because remember we were talking about Disney Plus fixed the ratio, the aspect ratio? Yep. Mm-hmm. So when we were cooking last night, actually, I put on The Simpsons. I took the recommendation from friend of the show, guest of the show, Christian Larson, patron of the show, Christian Larson, and I started with season three, I think, is where he told me to start. And so, like, you know, I've been watching through that, and it's, it's, you know, it's light and amusing while we're cooking, so as something that, like, I've kind of seen before, but not really invested a lot of time into was watching that and it was fun too yeah one thing that i will say about the simpsons and i don't want to change the way that you watch it but there are so many jokes that you can find in the background of things like visual things that you might not be watching or might not be catching while you're cooking or doing something else yes uh, yeah you're right because like yes yesterday we were watching an episode and it was about homer not going to church anymore right yeah homer the heretic yeah homer the heretic and mo goes I was born a snake handler. I'll always be a snake handler. And his hands were just like mauled, you know, like he holds his hands up and there was just like venom bites and like band-aids and shit all over his hands. And I I started laughing at that. So yes, I get that there's a lot of visual jokes in it. Because that was one of the things that when people were not, they weren't sure why the aspect ratio mattered. There were things where it was like, there's Duff Beer and Duff Light and Duff Special or whatever the third one was. It cut off this whole, like a tube coming through that the one tube was feeding the three different beers. So like you just, if you don't see that, either through the by not watching or just by having the wrong aspect ratio you miss that altogether. so just like a lot of things like that i mean there's a reason that people love it there's a reason it's on it's like it just got renewed for its what 31st and 32nd season or whatever like even if it's not great anymore it's still good i'm sure and it had you know eight or ten of the best comedy years of all time so yeah i enjoy it it's fun to it's fun to revisit again something that's like i needed a lot of light stuff to watch so that's why i've been getting in a lot because the world is falling apart i guess i mean we're not going to talk about it but it's fucked there's a real kind of like i was saying to you before we started recording that like everything just feels like hopeless and just depressing and i'm sad and i'm angry and i'm bummed and i'm confused and i'm uh, just it's terrible out there in so many ways i'm just trying to you know read and watch and listen and i feel like as much as this kind of feels pointless i think there's a nice distraction to it to have a purpose and in a creative outlet and to give somebody to give our listeners something to think about or distract themselves from the world so um, you know it's just a it's it's a weird time it's a scary time it's a bad time um hopefully things will change and improve but you know i think we all need this to some extent i don't feel so hopeless actually i feel pretty hopeful right now i'm I, to be honest i feel pretty optimistic we were talking we had like a, a work zoom meeting and my boss is always like he likes to stay positive you know and he's been through a lot of 
crazy shit in his life. He was like, you guys have to remember that progress isn't a straight trajectory up. It's it's lo- it's a lot more of like a wavy line. But at the end of it, like when you take the average, hopefully we're going up. And he's confident that this is what we'll see. In a, in a year, we might not have a lot of progress, but over the course of humanity, thousands of years, a, a hundred years, even 50 years, you know, you see, you do see progress. So we can just keep trying to be better and we'll get there eventually, hopefully. Maybe not in our lifetimes, but we'll try. I'll try my hardest. You'll try your hardest, things I'm sure. Have, yeah, I mean, things have got to change. That's all I know. But yep. let's not dwell on that. What else have I... Oh, so Jordan just left today. She was here since last time uh, that we talked about. Cool. Ate a bunch of hot dogs. Her... Okay, I'm going to try to remember her Keanu hot dog challenge. We did not post it anywhere. She did... And this is, if you anybody will remember, the five heavily hot dog... To- or five topping yes. heavily topped hot dog condiments. So she did ketchup. She did mustard. She did barbecue sauce, because I have a nice spicy barbecue sauce that my friend nice. who barbecues and smokes meat uh, left here. Nice. Uh, he brought for the draft and left here. She also did jalapenos, and she also did... What was the fifth one like that she did? Like pickled jalapenos or fresh jalapenos? She did pickled jalapeno. I like pickled. I, I mean, like, I like both, but, you know, sometimes I really like the pickled ones a lot. Like, the first thing she put on was ketchup, and it was like, oh, that's way too much already. Like, it just, like, she knew... We all knew, like, oh, that's too much from the start, but, you know, <laughs> that's that's the spirit of the challenge. And it she is. ate it. Yeah, she, she did it so i mean congratulations to her now mike manzi the mikester is on the clock uh, he he sent us a picture of his toppings i don't know as far as i know he hasn't done it yet but you know, he's he's next in line to he's do plotting. the uh, keanu hot dog challenge nice so we ate a lot of hot dogs we watched a bunch of stuff let's see here so i've I, i've been catching up on things that like i've never seen that feel like kind of big glaring omissions and all of them are great really like what so i watched friday for the first time which is great oh, nice <laughs> i watched rush hour for the first time it's great oh, nice. i watched the fifth element for the first time it's great Damn, the, Beverly fifth Hills element Cop too? the first time it's great so all of those what was the last one sorry Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yeah. Damn. Okay, yeah. Good job, bud. So all those are movies that most people have probably seen. Yeah. Everybody knows what they're about. But I was just like, you know, I finally am making progress on, like, lists of things to watch. And I can sort of, not that I ever couldn't, but you know the way my brain works. And, like, now I can sort of pick and choose a little bit more. And I'm like, these are ones that I just want to watch. And so weirdly, I mean, it was just kind of like a Chris Tucker binge that, like, yeah. when I watched Friday. And then we were talking about Chris Tucker because I, I don't remember why. We're, and Jordan's like, oh, I want to watch The Fifth Element. And I was like, okay, let's just keep it going. And I watched Rush Hour and then, you know, with Jackie Chan and Police Story. So I watched like two Jackie Chan movies and three Chris Tucker movies yep. and, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, at least in my brain, the trilogy of Beverly Hills Cop and the trilogy of Rush Hour. I think they're completely different and they're different time periods, but they're, they're similar because they're both like action comedy sort of yep. from the 80s and 90s. Also, Mike just put out today as we're recording or last week as you're listening to this. Beverly Hills Cop 3 for Third Time to Charm. Oh, nice. So I want to watch those for the first time so I can... Not everything he covers is stuff that I want to watch, but this one I'm like, I do want to see these movies, at least the first two. Yeah. So I'll watch these and be able to listen. But yeah, I mean, no surprises there. It's it's nice to go into a movie you've never seen before and reasonably pretty safely assume that you're going to like it. Like, there's, there's something nice to that. It is. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm gl- Wow. I'm glad that you're catching up on some movies that, you know, are like, wow, can't believe you've never seen these before, you know? And they were all movies that were on our brackets, too. I mean, again, the bracket's not going right now, but the 80s action, 90s action, 90s comedy, like, all those movies were on those. And so just to be able to go through them, and, you know, I was... When we rolled out the brackets, I had seen about, like, 35 or 37 I'm like all three of them of the 64, and now I'm you know into the 40s. Like I'm just slowly nice. work, working my way through them, so picking up the the good stuff that I missed. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's basically it. I mean, we just hung out. 
we made some. We I finally got to use uh, the fire pit. Jordan made a couple fires, which was really nice. Ooh, nice. When she came over to visit a couple weeks ago or whatever, she was very interested in the fire pit, and so I was like, "Yeah, let's bust it out." So she, she you know, we made it the first night, and then she was like, "I got it the second night," and so she did it the second night. It was good. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, yeah, just a fun weekend. It was good to actually see somebody as opposed to you know living in quarantine. For sure. Um, she was in. She's basically been in a bubble of one or two for the last month or two. So she's been keeping it safe and keeping it isolated or whatever. So simple. Yeah. All good things. We have a Patreon on the show. Too fast. Too forever. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton. Christian Larson and Jerry Robinson. Thank you all so very much Thank you guys. for supporting at the $5 level or above. We appreciate if it. you want access to the Fast and Furious Minute Document, the Fast and Furious Quiz, voting in future pit stops, or future laps, your choice of movies that we're going to cover. Stickers are undying love and affection even more so than you already have. Yes. Too fast, too forever.com. And Joe, I've got a uh, something that I have not said in months, it feels like. We have what? no emails today. Damn. We were talking about it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, the world is falling apart and people either maybe aren't listening or maybe they don't, they're don't. they not feeling like writing in. Whatever it is, it's all good. You know, we will have another episode on Sunday. Then we will have our 100th episode and in two episodes. And we got the motherfucking watch party this Saturday. But that already happened as they're listening to this. Yeah. But still, please email family at cageclub.me, even if you're you know, just, you know, bummed or sad or hopeless or hopeful or whatever. Even family you at cageclub.me. Us to read. You know that. You can always be like, hey, just saying yeah. hi. On the streets, Joe, is there any Fast and Furious news that you have seen since we recorded on Sunday? No, not at all. Neither have I. As far as I know, no new news there. We'll have new news sooner or later. I mean, I feel like as the video game gets closer, maybe when the video game drops, they'll drop another trailer. Like, I feel like we had such momentum, right? Like, we had the, we the new did. one. We had a slightly different Super Bowl commercial. Like, it was, like, two different things over the span of two or three days. Corona happened, and here we are four months later. No new news, no new content, no new anything nope. about Fast 9, right? So I think they're probably actually trying to hush it a little bit. They're probably pumping the brakes on it so they can, like, re-ramp up. I mean, I will say that I just sent you the link today that AMC thinks that it might it probably won't survive uh, coronavirus, which is I mean sad because I have a list and that's my primary movie true. theater of choice. Yeah. But also, AMC is not a good movie experience. What I'm curious about is that like you have Cinemark by you. We were talking about this. I don't have Cinemark here. There's Regal by me, but they're like 35 minutes away or more. There's none really by me. Somebody's gonna buy them out. They're gonna take the theater spots, right? Like you already have cameras, you already have seats, you already it's already built. But who? And like it, it was like a losing, it was a money losing venture already. Like who's gonna? Who has money to capitalize? I don't know. Maybe like Netflix will buy them all. Maybe we get like a like a dark horse player, and like Netflix <sighs> or Amazon buys all the theaters, and they're like, okay, here. I don't know that they need that because they already have direct access to us, right? Like I don't know what they get from that. I mean, Netflix is buying individual, like they're buying the Egyptian in Los Angeles. So they have like right. an event space. Yep. But I don't know that they gain anything from having a footprint of like four thousand theaters or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But or anyway, like ESPN Disney buys them. Possibly. And they, I like, run I mean, sporting events at them. That's what we really need, dude. You know what? Like, instead of, like, a sports bar, we need to have, like, social, like, turn the movie theaters, rip the fucking seats out, make it, like, a standing thing, and just play, like, football games. Like, Red Zone on the, like, big screen, and just, like, do that. Like, a sports book in Vegas, kind of. I guess so, but, like... It's the same thing, like, are people going to want to go, yeah. You don't need ten screens of it, right? Like, you don't need, like, ten different 
theaters. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But Joe, I mean, I can't believe that we're already here, but it's time for the Fast and Furious Minute. Minute 65, the first minute in a couple minutes, with some dialogue. A minute I called 36 hours to crack this bastard. Yes, sir. Yeah, I know, but... uh, Yeah, 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 yes, sir. Yeah, I got it. DVD players were purchased legally. All we've got on Tran and company are a couple low-rent weapons charges and some outstanding speeding tickets. So they're out. Yeah. Father bail them out. Is this the kind of intelligence I can expect from you, O'Connor? You're gonna put this on me? I can put it on whoever I want to, kid. Perks of the job. No, there's no way you're gonna put this on me. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me tell you. I don't care if you have to put a gun to someone's head and blow your cover to smithereens. You got 36 hours to crack this bastard. Or you might want to be... So in the minute, day turns to night as we return to the LAPD safe house. I wanted to say, like, this is now the third or fourth time we've seen this. And I I never noticed it before we started going through the minutes. Like, I mean, like, you know, you notice it, but not, like, how many times they do this in the film. They do it a bunch of times. Because we see it at the parking lot. We just saw one, like, earlier... We see it, like, with Brian, like, early in the movie. It's at least, this is at least the third time, right? Well, what I think is interesting about that is it's a very clear visual storytelling technique of, like, this is showing the passage of time, right? But, like, as we've talked about on previous minutes, including ones very recently, they don't always care about continuity. They don't always care about, (laughs) like, letting you know where things are happening. Like, if they actually cared about that, Leon would not be working on a different car from the one that Dom and Letty are working on in the same space, right? So... Exactly. 100%. And, like, we're led to believe that, like, the cops do the raids. Well, I guess, yeah, the cops kind of do the raids all at the same time. I mean, maybe it just looks cool. Maybe that's just what they're doing. Yeah, because you're right. It's not like the time actually... Like, what's the difference if Brian... Like, if it was just night out, what would we have missed? Would anybody be, like, ajar, like, oh, God? Because we cut to this scene, right? Like, we leave, like, Johnny Tran's house. It cuts to the Elizabeth Taylor house and then becomes night. So it's like, why didn't you just cut there at night? Yeah, I mean, we're all trained by watching, because, like, when you watch a sitcom, like, there's an establishing shot where it's just, like, the outside of the full house house or whatever, right? And just like, okay, now we're here. Like, we're not at wherever we were. Now we're here again. Like, we're not at Wake Up San Francisco. We're all a a full house podcast now. Um, But, like, we're, we're just here now. We're just like, okay, yeah. I get where we're going. We're reestablishing or whatever. It's it's now, you know, it was day and now it's night. You just show the Elizabeth Taylor house. You show it at night. You're like, okay, cool. Like, we don't need, I mean, it looks cool. Yeah. But day turns to night again. As we return to the LAPD safe house, Brian walks into the house alone. Brian and Tanner sit together depressed as Bilkins finishes up a phone call. Bilkins tells Brian and Tanner that all of Tran's DVD players were purchased legally and that he and Lance have been bailed out by Tran's father. Bilkins blames Brian. Brian gets defensive. Bilkins gives Brian an ultimatum. Yes. I want to point out. What? One of the last pieces of dialogue that we heard was when Tanner calls Brian. Tanner says on the phone, the hijackers have hit again. Bilkins made his decision. We're going to move on Johnny Tran and his guys at 1,700 hours unless you say otherwise. If you agree, just say yes. So I would say that the Tran takedown was Bilkins' decision, maybe based on Brian's evidence, but it's Bilkins' decision. So when he's saying, is this the kind of intelligence I can expect from you, O'Connor? I can put it on whoever I want, kid, perks of the job. He's basically saying, I'm Teflon, I'm bulletproof, 
I fucked up, but you're like the shit rolls downhill. You're gonna take the fall but, for this, and it feels like that's not fair. No, it is fair because because they wanted to look at Toretto, and Brian keeps telling them that he wants to look at Johnny Tran. Like Brian's like being the red herring for the police knowingly or unknowingly, he's the one who's misdirecting them. I think that Bilkins makes a very good point here. Well, Bilkins, I mean, I'm just saying, previously, Bilkins made his decision, we're gonna move on Johnny Tran. So, like, he presented all the evidence, and and Bilkins like, okay, we're moving on Tran. We don't have enough on Toretto. Yeah, but Brian presented him the evidence that he found because he was like investigating the wrong person even though he's with Fluffy. well have we seen him present evidence on johnny tran no but we have seen we've, we've we've seen him say that it's not dom we've seen him say it's not dom is what we've seen him say and we've also like he's like he's too calculated and they've also been like you should really check out toretto brian and then and he's like nah it's not dom right so i'm just saying like it's not like brian's like it's definitely tran brian's just saying it's not dom and so like if it's a matter of Dom versus Tran and no one else. Maybe you can blame Brian, but I still think Brian might be bad at his job, but I just think he seems like the fall guy here. I don't think that this is necessarily his fault. He's definitely the fall guy, but I also think that he's... They're telling him to investigate Dom, and he's not really doing it. He goes and hangs out with them and builds cars. He's not, like, actually investigating him, right? Like, he's becoming his friend. He's blinded by his muscles and Mia. If he was investigating Dom at all, paying attention to what the fuck is happening, he would have figured out that it was Dom. I mean, I agree with that, but I'm also... Like, it's not like we're seeing Brian say, no, don't take down Dom on this phone call. He's just like, oh, you want to take down Tran? Okay, I think that's the right call. Like, it just... I think it's different. I feel like Bilkins is making assumptions, and then for him to, like... I don't think this is entirely Brian's fault, I think. It's like a lie of omission. I think that this is a lot of Brian's fault just because of how he's dealing with it and what he should be doing and what he's not doing. And, like, he goes to Trans to purposely investigate, then finds the DVD players. Johnny Tran wasn't really on their radar, right? They thought that it was maybe Hector. They thought that it was definitely, like, Dom was, like, a heavy suspect. And then Brian goes to Johnny Tran's to break in to find DVD players and, like, leads them to Johnny Tran. Bilkin's saying, like, I'm big dick in it here. Like, I'm not going to get in trouble for this. I'm blaming you. I don't think he has the right to, like, blame Brian because you're right. He does make the final call, like, we're going to go investigate Tran. But I think that he only got there because of what Brian fed to him. Sure. I just think that it's, like, crazy to think or to see or to hear that two minutes ago, literally two minutes ago in the movie, they're like, this is Bilkin's decision. Then we see Bilkin's, like, saying, you fucked up, which is like, yeah, maybe. But it's just like, hey, remember when this was your decision to take these people down? Shit rolls downhill. It's, it's true. I like, know. I know. Like, it's he, like he's the boss, so he's like, I'm not going to get blamed for this. I'm going to say your dumbass didn't investigate Toretto, and, like, it's your fault because you're the one who broke into Tran's place and told us that there was DVD players there. I would have blamed Brian, too. Yeah. <sighs> it's not good. The way he says it, the way he presents it's mean, because he's like, ha ha ha, I know that you can't, like, I'm not going to get in trouble for this, as opposed to him being like, why were you fucking around? Like, this was shitty information. It's the pre- it's the presentation I have a problem with. But we also know that in six or seven years movie time, uh, he's gonna Brian's going to be a multimillionaire, right? So, you know, who's going to have the upper for hand stealing, here anyway? So. For stealing. <laughs> yeah, if he steals from a criminal, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Exactly. We've been told it's fine. I also do want to point out here in this scene is that Muse is not important enough or cool enough 
to get to stay late after class. Or or he, he's just, yeah, <laughs> true. Because it feels like he's always kind of there. Even when he doesn't have things to do, he's in the room. And then here, just the three of them. Like, it seems late at night. Like, no other cops are on. Like, to your point in the notes, no computers are on. Like, this is like, work is not happening right now. Yeah. We're here. We're making executive decisions. We're like, you know, we're decompressing. We're debriefing, whatever. And Muse is nowhere to be seen. I don't think that he's hanging out after school. I think it's more that Brian's in the principal's office is what it is. Oh, okay. Get what I'm saying? Okay. Like, he's like, Brian, come to the house. We have to talk. And now he's like, you're an asshole. I'm going to blame this on you. They were in different clothes, which I made a note of in the document, but I was also wondering if they showed up together or not. Because, like, when the when I first watched the minute, you see a guy, like, sort of a shadowy, shadowy figure walk up to the house. And I wasn't exactly sure who it was. Then when you see whatever he's wearing, you're like, oh, okay, it was Brian. So, like, yes. Brian comes after the fact. So, like, Tanner and Bilkins are already there. So, like, it is like, hey, Mr. O'Connor, please come down to the principal's office. Principal Bilkins wants to see you. That's a good point. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I think that they called him in, like, hey, we have to talk about this trend case. And then they're like, the fucking DVD players are clean, you dumbass. Like, you got us in trouble. It's funny to me that Muse is always, like, important enough to be there, but never important enough to actually do anything. And here he's not even there. Or, like, hey, he's there. Like, he's there to, with, he goes out with Tanner to quote-unquote, arrest Brian, right? Yes. But then when he gets back to the, the house, they're just like, hey, Muse, get us coffee. And they're just like, fuck, all right, fine. <laughs> like, he's always, he's almost there, but he's not. And just the fact that he's not here at all, it's just like, oh, no, he's not actually close. Like, it's, it's basically my two dads and Brian, and then Muse is like the wacky uncle who's kind of there, but not really. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I get it. Anything else that you notice? Because, I mean, again, there's not a ton that's going on here in terms of things that are different angles of the house, which is cool. But what did you notice? Anything you've noticed here in this This was disappointing minute? to me because this was another one of those minutes where I feel like whenever they're in the house, they focus the camera so intently on the faces that yep. they blur out everything else around them. So there's it's like, like they're trying to tell a story or something. I know, yeah so frustrating but there's like a lot of like post-it notes and shit that like i couldn't read so i was frustrated but things i noticed were there's eight computers none of them are on there's the baseball sitting there on the table and i don't remember if we talked about this or four but it seems like the place where muse was sitting was muse holding a baseball in one scene before this you we, you talked about there was a baseball on somebody's desk we've talked about that before yeah i don't remember if muse was like holding it or if i'm remembering like boiler room or maybe like so just looking through the document we have a truck driver in the minute three uses a baseball bat for defense yes in muse on muse's desk there's a wilson brand chargers football as well as a baseball on a stand okay cool so it's the same baseball on a stand so he's not holding it but we've seen it on his desk before so that yeah that's definitely where muse is sitting i started to notice all these little bottles around and it looks like they have purell all over the place Purell all over the place? Hand sanitizer all over the place? Is that your way of describing the house? Like, just, you know, you know, uh, what, no, what, who, whose house is it? You know, it's baseball. got baseball, dirty TV, Purell all over the place. You know, what, who, what is that place? <laughs> exactly. Oh, you mean the LAPD safe house? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't remember Purell being, like, a huge thing in 2000. Do you? Hey, man. That's what I wanted to ask you about. At the farther you get into The Simpsons, you're going to understand more fully than ever Simpsons did it. Now, here, just Fast and Furious did it. Like, before there was a shortage. They had it all on lock. Yeah, it's and it's something that like I really I don't think I would have like noticed as much if we weren't like in specifically this time. There's one on the desk that Brian's sitting at. There's like two different tables set up, right? There's like two different tables of four computers at each table. There's one on Brian's desk that's like you can just see like the top, like a white top that's like a flip top bottle that's like next to the computer. And I'm like, what else could this be, right? It's it doesn't look like it's a food or like a condiment that's sitting on the desk and they don't really have like other food things around. So I'm like, oh, this is probably, you know, some kind of lotion or hand sanitizer or something like that. And then you go to the other side where like Muse is sitting and there's like a big bottle that looks like Purell and it's like, 
kind of clear and see-through, too. And then there's, like, a smaller bottle that looks like lotion. So I'm like, are you guys just, like, Purelling your computers? Like, this is really good hand hygiene for 2000 that I didn't expect. You know what I mean? I don't remember it, though. Do you remember this? Like, was Purell the big... Let me think back. There was, like, a year, maybe when I was in, like, eighth grade that, like, Purell started to get big. Because there was a time where we didn't have hand sanitizer. Remember? I don't know. Like, I, I'm sure it existed. In my, I don't know. In my childhood, there was a period where it was, like, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. And then, like, everybody's mom had hand sanitizer. But, like, it, it wasn't, like, a... It was a distinct moment. I do remember, I think, my, my introduction, I guess, is a weird way of saying it. But I remember, I think, in, like, high school, maybe middle school, I think it was predominantly, like, a Bath and Body Works kind of thing where everything was flavored or scented. Girls had, like, all different kind of hand sanitizer, like, on the, the clips on their bags and stuff like that. Like, it was always around, but I don't remember ever having, like, clear, plain, like, what, what people use now. You know what I mean? I do. I remember in, like, probably, like, eighth grade or something, maybe, like, our teacher had some on her desk. Because I remember we would, like, pump it and then, like, rub it together and then get that good, like, alcohol high when you put your hands over your face. That is how you would remember. That makes sense. Okay, that makes sense to me that that's how you would know it. Sure. Yes. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, that's a distinct smell I remember motion. the first time that I saw ever saw, you know, whipped cream in a can because I was like, oh, whip it. Yes, I remember this now. <laughs> I remember my first Sharpie because I got a marker high. Yes. Mm. I can definitely pinpoint it that, like, in eighth grade, this existed. So what year was eighth grade for me? 2002, 2003. Okay, so even then, so, like, that's when I remember it, right? So, like, we're going back to 2000, so that's three years before that. And I don't know if I remember it before that. Like, I know by 0203 it definitely was a thing. But maybe California was just ahead of the curve, man. They were eating, like, these fancy-ass tortilla chips. They could have just been way ahead of the curve. The surprising and surprisingly contentious history of Purell on Vanity Fair. <laughs> when did it come into prominence? 1911, people were finding about 70% ethanol was more yeah. effective, and then isopropyl alcohol. Yeah. Hand sanitizer of this sort and alcohol gel was invented in 1966 by a Bakersfield, California student named Lupe Hernandez. California. There we go. We got a little, we got a little local link. Gojo copyrighted the name Purell in 1998. So, yeah, we're probably close. Product was launched at the consumer market in 1997. Before then, it was in, used internally by a few businesses for themselves. Slowly began picking up steam. Purell was sold to Pfizer in 2004. Pfizer acquired by J and J in 20, 2006. Ah. But in 2010, Gojo bought Purell back. It does feel like they're on the cutting edge. Like 97, 98. That's the widespread adoption. But I can also think that, like, if you're a cop and you're always, you know, retail, but also cops where you're always around different people and like you're True. always going to get your hands dirty and just like germs or just whatever you're dealing with you're gonna want whatever the cleanliness options are so it would make sense canonically for cops to be you know to want ahead of the curve yeah yeah that's true and california like we said bakersfield but then they also have a dirty ass tv in the kitchen so who the fuck knows well they're just slobs i mean it doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that they don't care about their own hygiene they're just they don't like to clean up after themselves yeah okay Two, they're similar but i think they're different things anyway you know we, sp- we spent a lot of time on zillow last time we got a lot of time on purell today i mean what else are we gonna learn i wanted no i just minute? wanted to ask you it was like it was like a really it was a thing that I was thinking about when I was looking at this. First of all, I don't even, I can't even see enough to know that it is Purell, but I'm guessing it's Purell because the bottle's clear. But like, yeah, I wanted to be like, was it around? Were they ahead of the curve? Because like now, even like today at my desk, like I, I wouldn't keep like Purell around, right? Like you just go wash your hands. 
Anything else that you noticed in this minute before we talk about the trivia question? Uh, no, that was about it. There's like a wacky coffee cup that I wanted to see that has like a bird on a stump on it right behind Brian. But again, I can't make out what it is. And I was hoping that I could find this coffee cup, but I can't distinguish it enough to figure it out because it's too blurry. The only trivia question that I could come up with, and I don't know it's if you perfect. like this one or not. It's, I love it. I had the exact same thought and I'm 100% with you. Send it. This is perfect. How long does Brian have to solve the case of the stolen DVD players? Actually, I need to change the name of this one. I know. Though. I was going to say that to you too. Yep. We can just call it Crack This Bastard. No, I mean... I mean, is this the kind of intelligence I can expect from you? O'Connor is kind of... How about how about he got the receipts? Because um... Tran got the receipts? Hmm... No? You're not sold on it? I liked it. The principal's office? We could do the... We can call the Ooh, principal's office. I like that. I like that. Okay. That's good. The principal's yeah. office. Fair. And the reason we had that discussion was because the trivia question is, how long does Brian have to solve the case of the stolen DVD players? 24 hours, 36 hours, 2 days, 3 days. And the co- of course, the answer... 36 hours. 36 hours, yeah. Any other thoughts, Joe, about this minute? Anything else about anything that we talked about today before we take a break and bring in our guest to talk about the fate of the Furious? It was very refreshing to have a minute that wasn't 55 jump cuts. <laughs> it's true, and I was, you know, I was like, oh, there's a lot of dialogue here, but I'm like, actually, it's not. It just seems like a lot based on the fact that I had no dialogue the last five minutes, two and a half minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's take a break and let us hear another word from our sponsor and then talk about the fate of the Furious. Number 98, The Fate of the Furious. This episode is brought to you by Chevrolet. A redesigned fleet line with reduced body contour and integrated rear fenders was offered for the 1949 through 1952 model years. It was referred to as the Fastback because of its distinct sloping roof, which extends through the trunk to the lid. Thank you, Chevrolet. Thank you, Chevrolet. And with us tonight, is there a Chevrolet in feet? Oh, yeah, the early. the early. We talked about this when we did the intro. Cuba. I am so thrown yeah. off. The split yeah. night record, I am uh, unable to keep up in my head. Plus, okay. we changed the format. We'll talk about that next episode. But I am uh, thrown askew by the sponsor here. But thank you, Chevrolet, with us today, tonight, to talk about the fate of the Furious. We have a friend, Joe. I, I, I don't know if you remember. What? But he is, I believe, a friend. Um, if I, Friend might be too strong of a word. I don't know. He has family? worked with a past guest. He's family for sure. This man is an actor. He is a writer. He is a oh. podcaster. He has oh. acted alongside past guest Chris Malika in a oh. film called Family Obligations. This guy, our guest, is also in the film. So here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep building it up before I say who it is, but he's Don't in a film. It. Remember an episode or, two ago, an episode or two ago, Joe, I was talking about the movie The Vast of Night, which is that yes, new low-budget, micro-budget Prime, or movie on Prime. Our guest is also in a movie that, that gave me very similar vibes to that. It's like a very small, weird movie, tight-knit cast, very creepy vibe, uh, called The Horror at Gallery K, also available on Prime if you want to watch that. He's a writer for Sci-Fi Wire. We have with us today, tonight, to talk about The Fate of the Furious, Brian Silliman. Hello, Brian. Hello. Welcome, brother. Okay, Buster, let's see if this works. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope that that weird rambly introduction was mostly accurate. Maybe it's not. I don't know. No, it's de- it's definitely accurate. Yeah, Chris is Chris is one of my best friends. We met in college, um, and we uh, my life has been just I cannot be rid of him. No matter how no matter how much uh, I try, I, I pop up briefly in uh, in his uh, in family obligations. And but if you want to see us really smack each other, a la Hobbs and Ooh. Shaw sometimes Ooh. do, um, you can also check out the mix on Amazon oh, Prime. Perfect, um, where wonderful. I, I'm not sure which one I am, but I'm definitely the antagonist, and, uh, <laughs> and I spend a lot of it tied to a chair, and we hit each other. It's fun. Cool. Well, we're going to find out like very it. shortly because we are going to do some interview questions. But before we get there, we need to first establish your credentials. So I'm assuming, and I think based on our conversation we had before, you have seen all nine movies. Is that correct? I have, sir. Which of the nine, I guess, what was the first one you saw and how many of them have you seen in theaters? The first one I saw was the very first one. How'd you see it? I saw it at home. Oh, okay. Over, um... I'm I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna Stolen be honest. Stolen cable? Here. Yeah, I'm no no I I, I paid for it. I definitely <laughs> paid. Well, so, so, I'll, I'll put it this way: somebody paid for it. But uh, leading up to the release of Hobbs and Shaw, um, I had not ever seen a movie in this franchise. Wow. Um, that's I know I know. So recently, it's, it's off. Yeah, I'm I'm, okay. I'm 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 the last year. I'm new. I'm I am new. Wow. I'd be lying okay. if I said otherwise. So cards on the table. That's how it is, and it came You're about like a baby because cousin. Wow. Yeah, and, and so I'm. Yeah, I'm still learning, but you know, I'm in th- I make up for it with enthusiasm. It's <laughs> almost like at the end of this movie when Dom is like, "Everyone meet Brian." It's like, yeah, yeah it's this Brian. He's it's new to the franchise. He's new to the family. Damn. I'm so happy that somebody said it. And the reason was for years, I've, I've I'd seen how insane they kept getting and how wonderful they kept getting. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I, I really want to get in on that. And somebody's like, well, you don't. Ha- There's ones you can skip. You can just you know jump in. I said, no, no, no. It's like if I'm gonna do a franchise if i'm going to get involved i'm going to watch every single one love it and and they said no there really are some you can skip i said no there aren't i said you know and this was a friend i'm like you know how i operate i have this kind of oc it's like i don't it's like i don't care if i just watch it once and then never watch it again i watch every single one and this is one of those instances and for some reason i for the longest time they just weren't all in one place some of them were on Netflix, but the first one, the first one wasn't easy to find for a while. Wow. And, and there were, you know, once I started working for sci-fi, there are a lot, there's a lot of other franchises that, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that, that, uh, that I was working on. So when Hobbs and Shaw came out, my editor at the time gave me a special task when he has a silly, when he always had a silly idea for an article, he'd come to me and he wanted me to go through each movie and rank the stunt in that movie and how long I would last before I would die. <laughs> He's like, how long would you last doing the, say, pick a stunt, pick a big action scene from each movie and say, how long would you last? Love it. Now, I don't last, I think the the highest one that I last was like barely a second. It's like, and then it's like the final one is like, this stunt takes me back in time, kills my grandfather, and then it's like, I never exist in the first place. Like, that was the level of silliness this got. Um, And so, but to do it, I was like, look, I have to tell you, I've never seen a single one of these movies. He's like, okay, well, get on that. And so I bit the bullet. At that time, they had a big, this is a riveting story, I'm sure, but they were having a big, uh, <laughs> awesome. a, digi- a, a digital deal. They were having buy all eight movies for, for just an, an outrageous price. I said, screw it, let's do it. And I just bought the entire series and I watched them, watched every single one over the course of a few nights. And it was wonderful. And then I wrote the article and I just had such a wonderful time. Oh. 
And then I ended up, for whatever reason, I, I then was, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'll be able to see Hobbs and Shaw in the theater because they played that trailer over and over yep. with every yep. movie. I'm like, this looks good. And I'm like, and I love these guys. I'm like, I just, I kind of want to watch the whole franchise just so I can watch this. I missed it in the theater because there was so much going on that summer. And um, I ended up watching that, I think, on uh, on HBO. But I've seen I've seen that quite a few times now some of these i've seen more than others now some of them i yeah. will throw if i'm gonna throw one on and sometimes yeah, i imagine you guys know this all too well sometimes when you're just in the mood for one of these movies oh, sure there's nothing else quite like them so it's when you have a particular itch except no substitutes um <laughs> so it's uh there are some that i've seen maybe just twice there are others i've seen multiple times it's so it's always an enjoyable ride i love um, it you know for i didn't mean to phrase it that way, but it's an enjoyable ride. That's perfect. We love the puns, so just just keep them coming. If you if you <laughs> oh, can yeah. throw one in, just just let us know. No problem. I'll keep revving. We got them nothing up. but time. So yeah. <laughs> I want to find out later this episode what the stunt you chose in this movie. I don't want to know it yet, but I want to know later what stunt from this movie you wrote about. But first, mm. the hard thing, the homework. We talked about this already. Ooh, right. Your rankings of the eight or the nine, depending if you want to do Hobbs and Shaw or not, because some people do, some people don't. Right. Your rankings, either from favorite to least favorite or least favorite to favorite, either top down, bottom up, what are your rankings of these movies? Well, I'll start by saying, we, we were talking about this a little bit before, I don't dislike any of them. I'll say okay, that. Exactly. It's like, I don't find any of them, it's like, oh, I can't watch that, I'll never watch it again. There's something to like in every single one of these. So just because one is ranked at the bottom does not mean that I hate it. I'd rather say it's like, it's not my favorite. There's still some good things in it. Would I watch every other movie in the franchise first? Yeah, but that's just personal taste. So I don't dislike any of them. I'm not going to throw in Hobbs and Shaw. Not only do I have a weakness for The Rock, I have a Ooh. huge weakness for Statham. And I, have <laughs> I mean, a, who doesn't? I have a huge weakness for Shaw, the entire Shaw family. I'm a sucker for anything Statham, and you put the two of them together, and it's just, ultimately, it's not fair. It's it's not fair to the other movies. So it would and for be me, high. It, it would be high. Yeah, Holy, it wouldn't be okay. it, it wouldn't be at the top, but it would be. High. And also, I mean, I love Idris Elba and I love Vanessa Kirby. Um, it doesn't for me. If it, 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 it's a different than a regular Fast and the Furious movie, it gives me different things. If I'm going to watch a Fast and the Furious movie, I'm not. I don't know if I should or not. I kind of don't. That feels separate to me. So okay. you, even though not all of these have Dom Toretto in it, it's it's you know unless. He's there, and the word "family's" dropped every other line. There's, you know, it feels like a different franchise. But I'll just say I, I love it. Hobbs I and Shaw, it. but it's it's a stacked deck there because. Okay. I mean, I, for whatever reason, Statham just hit, hits those buttons. Um, by the way, you're you're a little alone on that island. By the like, not for not for us. I was looking back on our rankings, and uh, somebody has it at one, but that was Nicole Sweeney, who's only seen two movies. She saw the one that we watched for this last, <laughs> and she right. saw Hobbs and Shaw, and she liked uh, that one more than the first one. Kara. If you'll remember, Kara put it second and Mike put it third. So like, he's not truly alone, but like, it's a it's a real wild card. Like, I think it a is. lot of people, our last few guests, have that last. They just don't like. They agree that it's different, but they don't like that it's different. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's different. I mean, but the, I mean, that doesn't mean that it isn't fa so much fun. Right. That's what we said when I ranked it. I I did a ranking based on the fun of the Fast and the Furious movies. And that's way high on the fun factor for me. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's just everything that you want. It's just enjoyable. It's a lot of fan service. I, I like it. So. Oh, absolutely. And I I love fan service. And I'm somebody, like, I'm a fan. I like to be serviced. Yeah. So bring it on. 
<laughs> exactly. And and so I, I think I honestly I think I just need a little more time with it, even though that sounds ridiculous. Because as I said, I've had I've had a little over a year with these movies, um, so I need more time with uh, with just that one. But that's the one I've seen. You know, I, if we're going on fun factor, I don't know. So so I'll. Uh, that's why I'm like I'm just gonna hit pause for that. But going from top to bottom, I got two that are tied for. The, and and again, I have no idea how this is going to sound in reaction to the greater fandom community. Who knows? But I got, we got a tie. ranking percentages, so, so yeah, we, we know. It. We've been tracking. I got a, I got a tie the, for, my, uh, for number cool. one for me. It's between, for me, tie for number one is seven and eight. Wow. Seven and eight. So I will say, here's, here's a little bit of a, a game. This is a game changer. It's a game changer, Brian, because before you, we have rankings from 44 people, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one had put eight above number four on their list. Really? No yeah. one of the 43 people before, you're now 44, had put it above number four. You come in here, put it at one and a half, and it's like... Yeah, one and a half. Whoa. It's going to be... I'm going to cause a little chaos on this whole list here. Uh, because I love it. four is nowhere in sight. Okay. Am I nuts? Oh, I'm crazy. I'm absolutely <laughs> crazy. Make crazy. make no mistake. And and again, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying that this is just how I feel. It's like There is I'm, no right. There is Yeah, no exactly. Right. There's no okay. right. This is just it's like so feel free to disagree. It's like 7 just for the I love how they um honored Paul Walker. Um yeah. I thought that was really powerful. I loved I mean, honestly, the the flexing the cast off. I mean, that's probably you know yeah, something here. something heard all around but that moment alone i'm like that that is just a gold nugget as well as everything else <laughs> I'm, I'm just a fan and eight the movie that we're going to talk about we'll talk about why that's just kind of of course yes please that movie just makes me feel things after so and then in number two i have fast five okay which for me in watching them all in a row i'm like that's when the lunacy started and that's what i was waiting for yes i'm like yep. this is when this franchise decided we're going to go as big and as weird as we want. I find that, and we'll probably get into this later, but it's like with a lot of other franchises, say like Die Hard or Bond, when they start going nuts, you start taking Bond to space and you start, you know, John McClane becomes pretty much a superhero. They kind of lose me a little bit. Whereas this one, the more outrageous and crazy it gets, the more I'm there for it. I'm like, let's see how far, let's see how far you can go. It's like, it's just keep pushing it and i love it yeah. take me to space yeah you, know, you be yeah you i mean i imagine that's hardly the first time that's been said on this podcast <laughs> but I, I mean naturally it's like space i mean and then probably narnia and then you know <laughs> who knows where else it's like literally anything is possible i love it after that i had um six i love luke evans i don't love amnesia letty same yes yeah. I, I i have to say that but i do i am a fan of six and then i have one it's hilarious to me. That's just, you know, it's a grounded movie. I remember the summer that came out. I slept on it. I was like, who cares? This looks dumb. My roommate at the time saw it. He's like, you would really enjoy this. I mean, that was a lot of fun. I was like, eh. Did you call him 18 years later and say, hey, guess what? I finally saw that movie no. you told me to see 18 <laughs> no. years ago. I, I did. And his uh, his response was, who is this? Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. So I ignored it. And, and it, it's it's hilarious to me. It's, it's seeing how it began and then where it goes is hilarious. But still in a lot of ways, keeping that spirit alive in a lot of ways, which, um, you know, the grounded beginning. And I got way, way invested in uh, Brian and Mia as a couple. Oh, yeah. I just can't not. Um, then I have three. Okay. Because I you love like the... Tokyo Drift. Okay, I do. Cool. And it probably helped that I knew what the deal was already going in. I knew that it was 
set after. I should have really watched it in chronological order, but I didn't. Um, but I knew that it would tie in, so I wasn't sitting there like, what does this have to do with anything? Right. I was prepped in that way, but I, I, I thought that was so much fun. And I, I generally, I really like Han. I mean, who doesn't? But yeah. Yes, absolutely. Then I have four, okay. which it's a good watch. It's just, um, I feel like they were trying, you know, it's a, it's dark, it's serious, it's, uh, it's just not... Yeah, it's very gritty. It's just, I mean, sometimes that's the that that's the one. You know, if you're in that mood, sometimes it's it's not as much fun as you know seeing cars fly off a plane. You know, so um, <laughs> yeah. it's still still enjoyable. And last doesn't mean I dislike it. Is two. Yep, yep. It's you know a fun time, but I feel like it's stuck in this place between being grounded and wanting to commit more to the insanity. But the main thing that I love about that movie is that it brings in Roman and Tej and then the franchise keeps them along. And I love that they don't dispense with characters they add or even villains. They just keep adding and villains (laughs) then become part of the family. And then they just keep adding this insane cast of recurring characters that are now just in every movie. I love that they do that. So that's, that's, and then there's some great scenes in that movie. It's just, if I'm going to pop one on, that's not the one, and uh, and the and the titles are just. It's like they're like, <laughs> okay, how are we gonna outdo Lucky Number Eleven here? Let's try every single one. It's like to do too. it, and this one is like too fast, too furious. I was like, really? And then they just <laughs> give up. What's the new one called? Just like F nine. Well, so we don't know because there, there, <laughs> there there's the four is. different titles yeah, between the yeah. It's just as F nine, and they and they. And they put Toretto's Cross. It's like, yet everybody knows what it is. So I'm like, you don't even need to title this. It's like, but what is it going to be called? Oh, it's, you should do like, you're saying like, do like a prince, like the artist formerly known oh as Prince, God. but just the name of the movie is The Cross. Yeah, it's just like, it, at oh. some point, it's just going to be like a Roman numeral with a number. And just everyone's ten. just going to know. It's like, just, oh, I it's, wonder. Oh, that's a great idea. Like the Super Bowl. Like we don't even have to fucking name it. Just number it. We had a movie literally called The Emoji Movie, but we've never had a movie named an emoji. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you want to go see 38? Yeah, I want to see 38. It's like, oh, what's 38? Oh, you dumb fuck. It's Fast and Furious 38. <laughs> what do you not know? <laughs> oh, well, I'm behind. Who invited this? Thing? Get out of here, asshole. And and so it's, yeah, it'll get to that point where it's, it's like, oh, they go to space in this one? No, they're going back to space in this one you know <laughs> it's time travel fourth, back yeah, this, fourth time they've yes. been many times and yes charlie's throne's gonna hijack as not another spaceship so get ready. <laughs> here's here's what i'll say about your rankings okay because you were i think you were a little bit worried in terms of if you'd be a wild card or not yeah. i would say if you take fate out of it because fate is uh, already admittedly insane like it's not in a bad way just like in a totally unexpected this is not where i thought you were going everything else pretty much falls in line i think you're kind of consistent with us you're kind of consistent with the overall consensus. I think, you know, the last, Joe, the last seven people we've had have had too fast at seven or eight. Two, so yeah, like, two it, is always low, and nobody doesn't like it. It's just that right. it's, it, it's, it's just It's lower. seven for you and me, too. Like, we, you and I both have it at seven as well. Like, we just, you know, it's it, we love it. It's just yeah. not as, as good as others, it's I think. It's in the family. And like, I appreciate it. It's just not my favorite. And it's fun. Like, it's oh, it's so much fun. If I, if, if I just want a fun movie and too fast is on TNT... I turn too fast on. I want to see Tyrese, uh, you know, with his ankle bracelet doing a demolition derby a little bit. I do, but it's it it doesn't mean that it's better than the rest, but it's not bad. Well, that's an excellent point. You bring up the issue of well, if if you're flipping around and one of these is on, there's none of these that if this is on, I'm going to turn it off. You exactly. Know? 
any one of these comes on any channel I'm flipping around, it's like, we're staying there for a little bit. It's like, okay, where are we? What's going to happen? You know, some of them are, you know, okay, this is whether you like it or not, welcome to the rest of the night. Some of them are, if it's with two, if it's close to when all of the race cars come out of the factory, all, all the street racers come out at the same time. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that scene. So if it's, if we're close to that and I'm flipping around, it's like, oh, well, you know, obviously we're, we're staying with this, you know. Um, I say to nobody because, you know, normally <laughs> I'm just, you know, watching a, you know, late at night by myself. But anyway, none of these are skips. You know, if if you're flipping around and these come on, it's like, well, we're, we're going to be watching at least some of this. And that usually translates to the entire rest of it. I was just this morning looking through the HBO Max movies to see like what's on there because I feel like I had seen a lot of lists of like these classic movies are on there and these weird movies are on there and these are the originals and these are the HBO movies. So I was like, I just want to see what's on there because there's a lot, but there's not like an overwhelming amount. Like you can scroll through it in a couple minutes. The Fast Five and Hobbs and Shaw are both on there. So if you want a really fun one and some would argue the best one and our favorite, like they're both on there. So if you need the, if you need that fix, they're always there for you at HBO. Before they transitioned to HBO Max, they had Hobbs and Shaw for a while. Yeah. So they've just, a lot of the ones on there are movies that HBO has just had for a while it's um yep. it's i don't know how i did because they're not on roku i did find a way to to get through to hbo max they're not doing themselves any favors um. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've now that we've gotten your rankings it's time to do some either or questions there's no oh. wrong answers oh. okay just all personal preference whatever you think more be- like better Out reflects you first thought best thought are you yeah, ready for this exactly i am prepared now we know your name but the first question are you more of a brian or a dom brian Okay. Who I am in real life, or who yeah, I who I, mean, I who I like more? However you want to answer it. Out the gut, man. We're okay. Oh, I, I mean, I'm definitely not a Dom. I'm not a Brian <laughs> either, but I'm way closer to Brian than I am to Dom. That's a lot of the. So a lot of the answers when we ask people this, they usually answer, "I definitely am not this," so I know that I'm. That. Yeah. If it's not already obvious, I am in no way near as cool as anybody in these movies. Like, not Same. even. Sh- not even Shea Wiggum's character who pops up for a couple <laughs> movies. It's like, no. It's like... Stasiak. Yeah, it's like, not not even him. Not even, you know, little nobody. No. We'll never stop trying. Anyway, I'm, 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 I'm pumped. I like this game. Now, speaking of Brian, I, this, this is a hot button issue right now, and I don't want to ask it the wrong oh. way. We used to ask good cop or bad cop. I don't want to ask that way because, like, there's things going on in the world. Do you think Brian is good at his job? Yes. He is. Yes, I think Why? he is. I think he performs his duties well. I think he does the. I, he I lets mean, Dom go. Yeah, and that was the. I mean, that was the right thing to do. Ooh. Oh, it was um, the right thing to do. You know, it's some things. It's like some things are more important, and in that moment, oh. he made that choice. I think he made the right choice. I think he's a good man. I think he made the right call. Is that the right call? You know, by the book. Probably not, but that's kind of his arc, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. the by-the-book guy to going with your gut, and some things are more important than the badge. Oof. Good at his job? Yes. Good at okay. being a cop? Maybe maybe a little less. It's a murky <laughs> question. There's, it's a gray area. That's why we ask it, because it's, it's a very balanced, you know what I mean? Like, you could you could see good or bad. It's definitely a gray area. I'd, I'd say his choices are good. Are you more of a Mia or a Letty? Letty. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're not a Dom, but you are a Letty. That's interesting. That's I mean, interesting. well, I'll say that Letty's probably right up there with favorite characters, and I'll say that okay. that is purely because Michelle Rodriguez really gets my heart beating. 
Oh yeah. There there are crushes all over this franchise. I mean, sure. <laughs> if, if you can believe it. Um, but uh, <laughs> and and I mean, Mia's also a tough one to beat. But I'm like, something about Brian and Mia together, I just love. And I'm like, that's such a great story. But something every time Michelle Rodriguez pops up on screen, I'm like, okay, let's keep it together. Let's keep it together. <laughs> and that's and that's her in every single movie. I just have a Michelle Rodriguez thing. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. We mentioned this. We talked about this movie a fair amount earlier. You like that they introduced them. Are you more of a Roman or a Tej? Tej. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big. I'm a big Tej fan. I like. I like Roman too. But I. But I'm a. But I. I love Tej. Yeah. Are you more of a Hobbs or a Shaw? I know. You, I know you said you're not really quite either before. Maybe you're some version of that. But are you more a Hobbs or a Shaw? If I'm either one of them, and again, no, I'm neither one. But I'm. I'm totally a Shaw. I'm, okay. t- I'm totally that antagonist who, you know, there's nothing I love more in, in movies and in stories than the villain or the antagonist who then ends up having to work with the heroes. Mm-hmm. Wow, and this okay. franchise does it a lot. They and sure that is do. probably the, like every time. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's a big part of why I'm so hung up on fate, because they have not just Shaw, but the Shaw brothers rescuing Dom's son and that's and we'll get to who their mother is in a little bit but come on and again it ties into my Statham thing you know he's he you know yeah he was an antagonist but he's also a little bit of a son of a bitch and you know and he's kind of cantankerous and grumpy and that's me I have none of the martial arts skills or any of the good looks or charm (laughs) but it's like the grump side of him it's like yeah that's me from what I hear you're a champagne problem so I was gonna say it you stole the words right out of my mouth brother yeah, in in no world um, <laughs> am I am I the rock in no world. Like I feel like doesn't uh, so exist. you know I think Joe said it earlier, but a lot of these either or it's like I'm not like one. I'm more. I'm less like the other. I think this is the clear one where people are just like I'm not the rock. I'm not really Dom. I, I'm not really Brian. I'm not. But I'm more. It's like this. I'm like there's no there's no part of me that's the rock. I, that's, I can't that's see how rocks. any. I mean, the rock is 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 you know a, 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 a cherished work of art that. Is like the new Michelangelo's David. I mean, yeah. it's there's yeah. there's no way any human being can measure up. It's just forget it. It's thank you, The Rock, for setting an impossible standard. Thank you, Dwayne Johnson. All right, are you more a fan of American Muscle or imports? American Muscle. Cool, cool, cool. cool. No, I mean I you love two both. in a row, Joe. You had two I just in a row. that I just that just came from the heart. I, I that's just what you're came on the right out. side of history. It's okay. I wasn't thinking, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> are you more a fan of Corona or Belgian ale? Corona. I feel like with this friend, I, I, I mean, I feel like it's disrespectful to as to where the, where where this franchise began to say anything else. We're pulling a job. The three of us are pulling a job. Are you out in the field? Are you a racer? Or are you back at HQ? Are you designer? Are you the man in the chair? Are you a racer or a designer? I'm the I'm the man in the chair. Cool. I'm definitely am. That's that's kind of when I was thinking about what one of my my dream, and this is a, never going to happen. But to be the villain in one of these movies the villain behind the screen watching it all happen and screaming at the incompetence of others and it's like the one that says things like how are they doing this or it's like this this Toretto can't be stopped you know stuff like that it's like to deliver lines like that we've never had that answer like the flip of being the the man in the chair but the 
villain in this. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I mean, based on this half an hour alone, I could see you on Cypher's plane, just like, oh, it, you know, same, as her right hand yeah. man, just like, I can't believe what they're doing. Yeah, it's like, how are they getting away with this? It's like, <laughs> don't worry, we will get to the bottom of it. It's like, I'm not Tormund Giants Bane, so I'm not going to be out in the field going one to one with Dom. Right. You know, they'll turn me, and then I'll go to jail, and then they'll need me for something, and then I'm part of the good guys team. <laughs> For the next 25 movies. That's what happens. You're a black hat hacker that becomes a white hat. I get it. Yeah, yeah. That's the the perfect role. And I'll be living off those checks for the rest of my life. Yes. Okay. Now, that's cool. I get that you're the man in the chair, but we need help. We need you to come out. We need you to distract the room. We need you to sing a song karaoke style. Okay. What song are you singing? Cabaret. Oh, okay. From Cabaret. Yeah. Perfect. We get so many answers and Every one of them surprises me in a wonderful, beautiful way. I mean, I can pull a show tune out of my hat like like nothing. So it's like if if this is a last minute, quick, shut up and sing. It's like you're gonna get it's a show tune is what you're gonna get. <laughs> it's perfect. No, no, we. Yeah. I mean, we've had the whole gambit. Like, I mean, like modern classics, everything. Show tunes. I don't think we've had show tunes yet, Joe. And it'll be distracting because people will be blown away at how good it is. <laughs> wow. Like wow, oh, oh, this is a ama- this is happening over here. Yeah, but listen to this. Oh my god, they're stealing your they're stealing your truck, sir. No, I don't care. Listen, <laughs> I don't think that we've had we've not had show tunes. I think the closest thing, and it's not that at all. I mean, your wife Rachel said Bohemian Rhapsody, which that's is not true. a show tune, but it's operatic. In oh that way, yeah, that's right? a. I mean, who's gonna not stop what they're doing and join in with that? Exactly. That's yeah, you're gonna point. get the whole crowd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. That's a that's that's a that's a much more communal experience. That's a good call. So now, thanks to your impeccable pipes, we're successful. Excellent. We finish the job. We succeed. We go to Rio. We go to Vegas. We go to Atlantic City. We go to Monaco. We go wherever. Abu Dhabi. We go to the roulette table. Are you putting it all on black? Or are you putting it all on red? Put it all on black. Yeah. Any reason why? Nope. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Instinct. Two questions that are similar, kind of one safer, one more dangerous. Would you rather, knowing you're safe either way, would you rather drive a car into an airplane that's about to take off on a runway, or, like in Seven, would you rather be in a car in an airplane, drive out the plane, and then parachute safely with a GPS-guided parachute to land? You're safe either way. Which thrill do you want more? Into Uh, a plane, out of a plane? Oh, they're both, especially given that you're safe either way, they're both kind of fantasies, aren't they? I'm tempted to go with the second one, but... There's just something. This ties back to I don't know what this weird super villainy fixation I have is. I think it all goes back to Lex Luthor somehow, um, <laughs> who's a terrible guy. But I mean, don't he's ter- not a role model or anything. But I just love to play a character like that. There's something about, and it happens in Fate of the Furious, the the driving fast and a, just go right into a plane that scoops you up, and that's part of the escape. Yep. There's something just so effortlessly cool about that. Especially if, like in this movie, where you're Dom and you have like a garage door opener for the bottom of the plane, like that's even cooler. It's yeah. weirder, but it's, it's even cooler. It's just total badass. I mean, it's one step away. It's like, yeah, if one of those giant magnet helicopters from like Grand Theft Auto came and then picked you up and sailed you away that would be cool too but I'm gonna just for the the cool factor of it being part of an escape alone I'm gonna have to go with the first one but if if we can bargain a little bit I'm gonna try and find a way to make the other one happen too (laughs) you're gonna go in and straight back out yeah because I'm incredibly greedy it's like drive in (laughs) do a donut it's like we there okay right back out the other end (laughs) so now Brian I've got some bad news the next stunt you pull it's the end. It's you, you don't survive this one. Uh. Would you rather die in a fiery explosion 
or drown in icy water. Fiery explosion. Okay, that's kind of the uh, action star. Yeah, death it, of it, choice. it would look it would look better on on screen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Tej isn't going to come by to to scoop me out on the door out of the ice, like in in that in that scene no, that I really like. Full full hypothermia. Why are you guys just... letting me die? <laughs> this, I mean... Is this not preventable? Well, we were all in the plane already, and you were the last one, and you, you drove a skew, and you landed in the water, and we're like, ugh, we're in The cast got too big, we had to get rid of somebody, you're the last oh my, one there. Oh, jeez, what a unheroic death this, okay, well, <laughs> fine, if you want to write me out of the franchise, I'm coming back in two movies, and I'm coming back with one of your babies. We didn't see the body, you're still alive. Yeah, that's the thing, with an explosion like that, it's like, you're, you're not going to find a body. Exactly. You'll, you'll never find a body. Um, All right, the next few, just a little out there. They they more pertain. Actually, well, okay. Mm, I, I keep moving around the orders of these to try to make like the flow of this work, but I don't know if we're ever going to make it work because no. they're so weird out there. Is the word oil one syllable or two? Oil. Um, oil. One. Oof. Okay. I mean, I think if you're like, if you're laboring, it's like oil. That's like you'd need more letters in there. I feel like. Okay. It's kind of one and a half, isn't it? Yeah, what we've learned is it's a diphthong, which is basically one and a half. Like, that's the technical term for it. Yeah, yeah, it's total, it's to, it totally is, yeah. I, I have to say, in your build-up to that, that is the last thing I expected you to ask. That was <laughs> Perfect. What a, you nailed what a it. brilliant swerve. Oh, my God. Do you prefer, I mean, I know that you live on the East Coast. Neither of these are really around here. But from your travels, do you have a preference between In-N-Out and Whataburger? I, I, do, I do enjoy a trip to In-N-Out. Amen. Yeah. If if I if I have the opportunity, if I'm in LA and I have the opportunity to do in and out, I'll do in and out. I, I I mean these days I'm I'm on uh I'm not somewhat on a diet. I am totally on a diet, so I probably wouldn't do either one. But if I'm that close to an in and out and who knows, you know, when we'll be around those parts again, I might splurge. True. I feel like and so that just stems from the fact that like Joe loves in and out. I'm unimpressed by it, but I like Whataburger. But I feel like there's a there's an inherent disadvantage that like Whataburger is so contained to Texas. And I feel like most people, especially the people who we talk to, are more likely to have gone to LA and like it's such a cultural thing out there to like in and out. And I feel like it's just at a disadvantage, but I will still ride or okay. die with the people who have said Fine. Whataburger. I'll say I have a lot less experience with Whataburger. I have been there. I don't really remember the burger. Exactly. Um, or or what it was point. about the burger. But there's such the a thing. I think I remember. I tend to remember In and Out also because it's a good burger, but also because of Big Lebowski has kind of for me. I uh, made, that's an made an icon out of the whole concept of In and Out. And not only had I heard In and Out were good burgers, I wanted to go there because of the the scenes where they keep talking about it. And so it was partially because of that um, as well. So in and out just sticks in my mind, whereas I don't find myself thinking about Whataburger all that much. Never. Never in my life. Yeah, of course. We know your thoughts on Whataburger. You don't need to recite them every episode. <laughs> what a I will burger. say I will say that if you are in Edinburgh and you go to Lebowski's, mm. get a drink, do not get the burger. The food is not good there. But like we're like, Oh, Lebowski themed bar, let's go in. The drinks, they have like 40 different types of white Russians. Of course. Oh, we have four nice. different ones. They're great. The burgers, the food, not good. But yeah. if you're in there, stop by, get a drink, and then get somewhere else for food. Next next time I'm in Edinburgh, if I'm so lucky. Yeah. I love Edinburgh. No context. Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight? Dark Knight. Yeah. Now, these last two questions, well, there's two questions, and there's one that sort of kickstarts the next conversation. But these, these next two are more abstract. They're open-ended 
again, no wrong answers. But if we're saying to you, hey, Brian, come over. Like, there's a great restaurant in our town. Oh, my God. It's got wooden tables. It's got plantains. It's got food all over the place. What does the phrase food all over the place connote to you? Well, I'll say the image that just popped into my head when you said it. When you said it. Yeah. Trays upon trays and and tables and spl- there's just food all over the tables, on the floors, on the walls. Wow. And not eatable. It's like somebody has somebody yeah, somebody has thrown it. Somebody has gone into this place <laughs> full of food and has had a fit. And they've just thrown food everywhere that you could possibly throw food. Now you say food's all over the place, I think, well, it's on the wall, it's on the ceiling. It's literally there's no surface of this place that is not covered with some kind of food. So you're saying it's a chaotic mess. It's not a good thing at all. It's just a bad thing. Well, it's not good if you're the owner of that restaurant or if you work there. Um, If you're just peeking in to look at, you know, the carnage, it's like unfortunate for them. So it's like, say they're your, say you run the restaurant across the street and you're hoping to take some of their business. You go in and says, ha, that's fun. Yeah, it's um, the the chaos of it. That's immediately where my mind's going to go. So if you heard us describe a restaurant as food all over the place, even if we were saying it's great, you would still be like, but it's got food. You don't think of it as a good thing. No, I'd think of it as, okay, it's food all over the place, but it's great. I'd say, okay, that means that it's exactly what I just described and that somehow, hygienically and health-wise, <laughs> it's okay to just literally walk in and whatever you pick up from the floor, from the walls – you can eat. It's like some kind of effed up Willy Wonka thing going on here. I was thinking it's Willy like you Wonka. Can even you just... kept describing this. I was I was in the Willy Wonka kind yeah. of mood when you, you were could take about a this. you could take a bite out of this table that's actually pasta. It's like rip a piece of here's a burger that's kind of half a burger on the wall, but it's not unhygienic or or dirty or unsafe. You can eat. Yeah, the food's all over the place and it's completely chaotic. But hey, there's sauce like dumped all over this corner over here. You can dip your fries in that and it's, you know, it's fine. So it's going to be like, wow, you know, it's chaotic, but it really is great. You can just go in like Caligula and go, go, you know, go ham in this place. It's food all over the place. It, It literally is food all over the place. That might be the best idea for a restaurant I've ever heard. Now I want to eat. Now I want to eat. I don't know about best idea, but I like your optimism. <laughs> yeah, I, I would invest. Now this next one's another abstract one. If we refer, if we describe a girl or a guy, either one, if mm-hmm. we describe a person as having no knees, no knees, Denise, mm-hmm. what does that mean to you? I just pictured somebody with, with, um, for some reason they have black hair and a ponytail, and they're in a tank what? top. And she has shorts, and her legs just are kind of straight down. They're not quite sticks, but they're just really round cylinders. Perfectly natural, and obviously she can't bend. So she's walking around a park, and actually now that I'm imagining her walking around, she's kind of goose-stepping everywhere. And everyone thinks she's goose-stepping and accusing her of uh, Denise of being a Nazi. And she has to continually say, no, I'm not a Nazi. I I have no knees. And they're like, that's not really a thing, Denise. And he's like, how did you know my name? It's like, well, we've heard about you. You're goose-stepping, Denise. And she's like, no, I'm no knees, Denise. I I, I acceptance for everybody. I'm not a Nazi. So she literally has to start wearing a big sign that says, I'm not a Nazi. I just have no knees. (laughs) Also, my name's Denise. What's up? Oh, God. It's like, hey, Denise, there's a restaurant over here you should try. It's like... There's food all over the place. Yeah, it's like you'd love it. It's like you, you can't bend down, no problem. Just reach up. That's the first time we've ever asked that question in this context, in this format, and uh, I don't know. I, we might have to retire it. I don't. Yeah, know we, we might that. not get a better answer than that, Joey. I don't think. I don't think we'll ever beat that one. Oh, 
So do you know the context that there's 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 a throwaway line in seven, right? Yeah, yeah. And Brian looks at Roman. Roman's, you know, big dick in it. He's like, I- I'm the planner here. I'm going to be in charge. And he's like, the only thing you ever took down was Noni's Denise. And we, we have no idea who Noni's Denise was or what that means. So we've been trying to figure it out for, you know. I mean, how is episodes. that not the next Hobbs and Shaw Presents? It's well, that's like, what we're trying to figure out. Yeah, it's like who would who in your mind would play No Knees Denise? We've we've made a lot of assumptions. Lots of answers. Brian rags on Roman as it being a bad thing, but we think it'd be really funny if it was someone like really attractive. Like you know, we know that Cardi B is going to be a nine. It'd right. be funny if Cardi was. I mean, Cardi's probably going to play Cardi, but Cardi could be No Knees Denise. I mean, I think if it was actually something they they reveal the actual character like in the movie, they call her that not because she has no knees, it's because she has everyone who's ever run afoul of her, she has caused to have no longer have knees. So she, it's like, you run afoul of No Knees Denise, you're going to walk away with your kneecaps busted so completely that you will have no choice but to goose step everywhere the rest of your life. I was thinking you're so heartbroken that you fall on your knees and you just like scream to the sky when you were oh, saying like, that. He's, he's been heartbroken like, so many knees. times. He doesn't even have any knees left because he's just Oof. had his heart broken so many times. Wow. What time are we at now? Oh, 28. Oh, yeah. There are no knees there. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't had knees since like 22. Like 22 was like very bloody where they lost all the knees. Well, somebody please get this man a pillow. So to, when he falls on his knees, well, what is he doing to all of these people? He's obviously pissing them off. He's getting his heart broken so many times. <laughs> It's like when they canceled Selfie, that was like the third time he fell on his oh, knees. May it rest in peace, Karen yeah. Gillan. Oh, oh I, I, I'm, that wasn't even a joke. I love that show. <laughs> so. Very last question before we talk about this movie and actually kick off with other questions because, of course, we got more questions. But do you have, and you mentioned one earlier, she, you said she was up there, but do you have a, if you had to guess, if you had to say one, do you have a favorite character in the franchise? I know you said Letty was up there. I don't know if Letty's number one or not, but you said I Letty mean, was up there. Letty's up there. I think that's more of a Michelle Rodriguez thing. Okay. I think it's because... So not so much Letty, but like actually Michelle. Because, Mich- yeah. because I have an absurd crush on Michelle Rodriguez. Well, boy, do we have a next lap for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if I right now, and it might just be because I just rewatched the movie that we're going to talk about, I'd say Shaw. Deckard, okay. Yeah, um, I, I'm not necessarily proud. You know, it's not one I'm proud of. And, and that's going to change, you know, five minutes from now. So now yeah. here's a question for you about that. Knowing that you watched the first eight when Hobbs and Shaw was coming out, knowing that Statham was in the franchise, I think the reaction was probably different. But when Statham shows up in the credits of six as the cause of Hans what we thought was his death at the time. Right. How did you react? Because I literally stood up in the theater like, yes. Like, they answered my prayers. Even though I had never seen, like, I watched five first. And so, like, six was the first one I saw in theaters. I didn't have a long history with this franchise, but I was like, I can't imagine a better thing happening. I stood up, arms raised in triumph. They did it. Yeah. How did you react when you saw Statham appear for the first time in the credits of Six? I was expecting him, of course, because I knew he would pop up. I wasn't expecting him to pop up in those credits. And I'm also a big Luke Evans fan. Like, I'm a huge... I love Luke Evans. I love pretty much everything he does. I think he's extraordinary. So I love that... I also love that they're brothers. And I love that in Fate you get to see them, you know, fully, you know, working together. Who... It's then, like, who is gonna top him and that whole movie I'm like well it's probably Statham is gonna be the one that's got obviously because I knew for it to play out for him to join the team in eight he would have to be the villain in seven 
but I didn't think it would be revealed there. So I, I did give an audible, yeah, and then I like I wasted. <laughs> I was going to do something else, and then it's like, oh no, we're going right in the next one now. It's like yeah. there was there was no break. That's yeah, that was the best the best thing about that is because I'm just like we were we were going to take a pause. It's like and now we're not. Um, nope, love it. Yeah. So now to kick off the conversation about fate, here's three questions. Answer one, answer two, answer all three, whatever you want. Three questions. Do you have a favorite car movie? Because we are kicking it old school this lab. So in our off weeks, when we're doing episodes that are not about the Fast and Furious, we're watching all classic car movies. Right. So we're interested in people's favorite car movies that are not in this franchise. So do you have a favorite car movie? Number two, do you have a Barbie dream car? Is there a car that you have always wanted if money was no object that you would go out and buy tomorrow? What's your Barbie dream car? And then number three... And maybe this goes back to what you were doing that right up for Sci-Fi Wire before. Do you have a favorite car or car stunt in The Fate of the Furious? Maybe the stunt was what you couldn't survive through, or maybe that was a different stunt. But favorite car movie that's not in this franchise, Barbie Dream Car, favorite car or car stunt in this movie? It's still a little early for me to say favorite car movie of all time, because there are some, I mean, I love a good car chase, and there are so many movies yeah. that have some great ones. I'm not, I mean, it's not a car movie, and it's not even really a car-centric scene. It's more of a truck scene, but in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the, the truck sequence, Oh yeah, nothing's going to beat that for me, in terms of vehicles and a guy on a horse then taking out a convoy of Nazis. I mean, yeah. that's uh, that action's kind of not going to be there. But that really has nothing to do with racing. I'll say recently, the the car movie that knocked me flat on my ass was Baby Driver. Oh, okay. I'm predisposed to love it because I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan. I think he's yeah, just utterly gifted. That movie does things with sound and editing the sound and the music to the sound effects together in a way that I just that blew my damn mind. Aside from the fact that the action and the cutting of the driving and everything is just so well done. That movie knocked me completely flat. And I was expecting it to because, you know, I have a lover, lover of everything Edgar Wright. I have, you know, you're expecting it. And then it took some turns. I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming, you know, that have nothing to do with cars. But yeah, that one in terms of the, the car action and the choreography and just Love the it. things he does with that are just amazing. I would say, what was the second, remind me the second Barbie question? Barbie Dream Car. If, Barbie if money dream was no car. object, what was your, what's your, your ideal car, your favorite car, what you would have if money was no object? Doesn't need to be expensive either. Are you a car guy or not really? The thing is, not really. Um, yeah. It's probably a stupid thing to say on this podcast. No, no, I mean, no, I'm no, not at all. No. Yeah, I'm not at all. I've, yeah. I've never gotten into cars. I mean, so it's, it's the kind of thing, you, you know, I think of something like, uh, like an Aston Martin. Oh, Bond. A little bit of Bond in there. Yeah, like a classic one, probably for the Bond thing. Like, if I'm going to cruise around town, like, if I'm... Like, here's the thing. Am I driving this car? I mean, it could either be you're driving it or you're just showing it off, but you're proud of it. It's, it's what you want to reflect you, kind of. Yeah, I, I like, like, an old school, like, rolls or something like that and cool. i'd feel a lot of guilt about having something like that and probably wouldn't get and i probably would never drive it because i'd crash it but i'd say if, I, if i'm gonna you know cruise about town and really want to you know show everyone how big my dick is and everything like <laughs> that i think you know uh and and aston martin or something like that i'd have it stolen from me within five minutes um, <laughs> well that's the end of the barbie dream car <laughs> 
<laughs> and then they say, yeah. what, Bobby? Anyway. And then the last the last question is, I don't know if this is what you wrote about, if, if the stunt that you tried to survive was a car stunt, but do you have a favorite car or a favorite car stunt in The Fate of the Furious? I mean, it's hard to beat the ice capades. Oh, yeah. That's what, mm-hmm. that's yeah. the, I think that's the, the heading I gave it. It wasn't, I don't think it was number one. I think uh, cars flying out of the plane was number one because cars flying out of a plane. I love the scene and where Cypher says, make it rain, and all of the cars just go out the of the zombie garage. zombie cars, yeah. Yeah, when, when she's just making all of the cars activate and is using all of them. It's a, I mean, it's utterly ridiculous, obviously, but it's like, it's such a cool thing for a villain to have in their pocket, and it proves very formidable. So that's a cool, that's a really cool scene, too, and you buy it. The way it's shot and everything, it's like, you realize this is ridiculous, but you know, especially with this movie, the way it's directed, you know, and the franchise in general, you always know where you are. There's not a lot of you feel lost at sea in the in the action and everything. You know what's happening where and who all the players are and, and where they are in relation to what's happening with everything else. Something I appreciate um, with action. So that sticks out. But I mean, how, how do you beat the, the extended eye sequence? And I wish, I mean, on that, I wish they'd, I, I know they have to sell the movie, but you're expecting it the whole time yeah. because of the trailers. I don't know where you fall on this, but it's something that I have preached for years, mm-hmm. like close to a decade now, and I finally have gotten some people, including Joe, to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, come to my side, but I just don't watch trailers for any movie that I even think that I might be interested in, because like, yeah. I know I'm going to go see F9. Have you seen the F9 trailer? I, ha- I have, and I know, and, and the big reveal, it's like, think of how that would be yeah. if it was in the theater. So, okay, so we knew John Cena was going to be in it just from the trades, so for the trailer to reveal that he's Dom's brother, you're like, oh my god, and then like, two minutes later, because it's a four-minute trailer, then Han shows up, it's like, what the f- Like, yeah. why, why would you ruin that? Unless there's bigger reveals they're not revealing, but like, I don't think so. I don't know, because did they think that they were losing Fast and Furious fans after Hobbs and Shaw? Did they need people to come back? Like, why else would you spoil something that like, mainstream people might not know? Like, I think if you love the movies, if you're the, if you're the kind of person likely to go see F9, you know Han. If yeah. you're on the fence, seeing Han is not going to sell you No, it's not going to be like, oh, I was out of this franchise. Oh, wait, Han's back? Okay, I'm going. It's like you were going anyway. It's yeah. like, so it's just, it's a one of those cool things that would have been a stand up and shout moment surprise yeah. in the theater. And But now we know, so now we're expecting it. We don't know right. how, and we don't know the whys of it, and I'm sure, and that'll be cool too. But that's one thing I, I, I got to respect what they did with uh, Avengers Endgame. Almost everything in those trailers is from the, the, the first act of that movie. And so by the time you get to Portals, you've seen none of it. You haven't seen any of it coming. Yeah. And so it's just the biggest payoff you can imagine. Same with, I mean, it's it's kind of the reverse of, I always call it the, the, the trend in trailers of the children of men thing. Because when that movie came out, and that's a brilliant movie, but the trailer yeah. for that movie tells you every single thing that's going to happen in it. That trailer plays, and it's like, can I know more about the plot, please? Well, it just told you. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's incredibly shot and everything, but it tells you pretty much every beat of the story. I, I understand they have to sell it. I, I, I get it, but I wish, you know, and, and it's, of course, we expect what's the next big crazy thing going to be, especially with this franchise. So they have to show a submarine popping out of the ice. It's just the unfortunate thing is you expect it then. So the, that whole scene part of me is like, when is it going to pop out of the ice? In the Tokyo Drift trailer, they show Han getting killed. In Furious 7, they show the cars jumping between the buildings. Like you're saying, in 8, they settle yeah. with the submarine. It's like, stop doing it. Yeah. Just stop doing it. I'm glad that with Fate, they didn't show... Even somebody watching the trailers for Fate, one, like knowing nothing about the franchise, I was still thinking, it's like, oh God, why does he turn on them? 
it's like, why is he why is he doing that? He's like all in on them. Why is he turning on his team? And at least they didn't reveal that in the trailer, right? Because that's yeah. always the big question, and that's like the uh. And then somebody, you, it's you're sitting there, you just want to scream it to Letty and the team. It's like, this is what's going on. It's because Elsa Pataki's storyline is still going on, and he has a kid. <laughs> this is why. This is why he still loves you. Uh. It's like after we find yeah. out, no, the other characters don't know yet. So that's like the double thing in there and then of course we the beauty of it is he's had the upper hand the whole time we just didn't really know because of course he does it's it's like how the tagline of that movie wasn't like family is his strength also <laughs> his weakness because and, and that's the beauty of it how many times did they say family i want to see him and, lifting weights saying family is my strength you know yeah exactly <laughs> and it's like and so how do they get at him what do they attack him with with family that's how they get to luke skywalker it's how they get to superman it's nothing new it's just a it's a tremendous spin on this franchise that's known pretty much distill it down to one word and it's vin diesel saying family and for that to be quite literally what the scheme we've gotten way off base but I, I oh mean, no it's, no it's no, interesting we're, that, we're right in that that's fine, that yeah. that's kind of how he's turned against them or whatever else i i didn't see that coming the first the first of all i was like i'm like wow elsa pataki's still around and then i was like oh okay so this is so they make you wait for it but then it's it's just waiting for the team to come back and that's why i'm i i, I love this one so much is because it's it's hard to watch it's hard to watch him fighting against his family you know it's not yeah. easy so you think you think it's done effectively you think that the, the turn the heel turn is sold in a good way i do especially because when he comes back it's such a great payoff. It's like it's chills when he starts, when he, you know, you realize. And it's kind of tipped off a little when he meets, I mean, Dame Helen Mirren is in this movie. Yes. And the first yep. time I was like, what? I That was that was a surprise because for some reason <laughs> that escaped me. And as a fan of, you know, this is probably completely off topic or whatever else, but as a big fan of British theater and pretty much anything British or whatever, I mean, she's literally royalty to me. But she's also no stranger to action movies like this either. So, But just to see her in there, you know, slapping around Jason Statham, it's like, talk about somebody I never thought I'd see in a scene with Jason you know Statham. She, she got on on this, right? She was doing an interview and they were like, what movie would you like to do that you're not in? And she was like, I'd like to be in a Fast and the Furious movie. And Vin Diesel saw yeah. the interview and was like, called her. It was like, really? And she's like, yeah, I would really like to be in one of those. That's the thing. Whenever people whenever people like ask her, it's like, you know, you're this British legend. Why do you want to do something like this? I'm thinking, it's like, why would they not? It's yeah. like, how much fun is this? I, I'm like, they're people just like everyone else. Why? It's like Judy Dench, how, how Dame Judy Dench, rather. It's like, how long was she M? It's like, because it's fun. And she has a funny story where somebody, I think it was with World is Not Enough, where she's making a bomb out of a clock while she's in jail. And one of her friends at the premiere leaned over. It's like, dear Lord, Judes, are you going to save the world in this one? You know, it's, it's, a, it's fun. Making these movies are fun. And yeah, it's like you do the serious stuff and the character pieces and everything else. But why, why not also do this stuff? Who doesn't want to do that? It's so much fun. So it's it's. I'm not. I was I was surprised that in a franchise that you think can't surprise you anymore. It was it was more than the crazy car stunts and everything else. I'm like, okay, Dame Helen Mirren's in on the action now. And also, you know, if I if I may, excuse me, but oh, still a total smoke show. Not that that not that that has anything to do <laughs> with anything, but and, and then it's it's not only you know it's about Dom obviously and his family and and it's something that I love that this franchise doesn't forget. It never wipes the slate clean. It never says okay, those characters were in that movie and we're not going to see them again. The events of Tokyo Drift, 
mattered. The events of Too Fast, Too Furious mattered. The characters, you know, Luke Evans is not a one-and-done villain. He comes back. A villain like Braga takes, what, two movies out, and then he comes back. The events, they say, okay, Cypher was kind of involved for the last two movies, and, and they keep just adding to the roster as they, you know, obviously not everyone can stay around, so they have to, you know, lose characters along the way. But they just keep building this roster and this insane mythos. It remembers its own history, and it doesn't run away from it, and it embraces it. It never wipes the slate clean. It never does like the bottle episode. Here's the episode of the week. It's all so serialized. And I'm sure you've gotten this a lot and talked about this to death, but it's the most insane action-packed soap opera ever. So soap opera It just like, oh, you thought that was soap opera to the point where secret babies and amnesia and everything else, it's like, (laughs) you list it. It's like, when is the secret cult leader going to come on? It's only a matter of time before (laughs) magic becomes a thing. And it's like, just bring on John Constantine for F's sake at this point. You know, it's it's so, (laughs) and one of the cars is going to talk. I hope so. I want a kit so bad. In yeah. fifty, in in like the fiftieth movie, one of the cars will become sentient and will become, <laughs> you know, a, a member of the team. It's like who drives that one? He drives himself, and you know, it's like the voice of of I don't know somebody cool, and it's and it's just Ian McKellen the car. It's like Ian McKellen does the voice of the sentient car. That that's where it's going, and I'm like, go there, and I think they will. And I, and especially after this, it's like keep doing it, keep doubling down. I'm, I'm, I'm so all in for this craziness. What I love is that we had, we, there were rumors, right, that for a while that Keanu was going to be in Hobbs and Shaw, that he might be in F9. Who knows what he's going to be in? But I would love if he just shows up as John Constantine. That's not something that oh, we have thought about. No, but it's if you not. Bring him in in that way. Either as, like, as, oh. as John Constantine. I mean, I'm always kind of a Matt Ryan Constantine guy now, probably because there's just so much more of him. But either John Constantine. I mean, I think if he just, I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up in like Fast Ten as John Wick. Yeah. It's like for whatever fully reason. John Wick. It's like who do we need? It's like the family's in trouble. Who do we need? It's like one of them's like, well, I do know a guy. Here's our latest theory, and this is actually something that is personally tied to your, to your filmography. Okay. Okay. So we were talking in Furious Seven about Mister Nobody. Right. And we were talking since then about what universal properties they could cross over with that could conceivably make sense. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about Mister Nobody's history we don't know what organization he works for we just know who he is like what he looks like how he dresses how he acts our theory our latest theory our latest pet project is that he is actually a member of the men in black oh it's a universal product here's some uh, added information from this movie so he looks very men in black his suit is even more black in this movie than i think it was in fury 7 yep i will say that f gary gray the director of this film also directed men in black international which our guest played Cabby. Can you please Ooh, can yeah. you give me a minute? What was what was your role in the Men in Black movie? What I mean, I see Cabby, but like what did you do? I'm in that movie. What I did uh was drive around and improv lines with Tessa Thompson for 2 days. Amazing. That's awesome. That that was a lucky get, I'll tell you that. And they ended up there's not a lot of it that ended up in the movie, but I am there. Um there's about it's early on in the movie where she's still she hasn't joined yet. She's in um she's chasing them around the city and uh I'm the cab driver that is begrudgingly helping her out. They used about maybe half of it and then because we had so many ad libs cuz this is it was actually though. yeah, this was the last week that that movie was shooting and Hemsworth had already wrapped. This was her last two days. So my last take was also her last take. I had been there for two days. <laughs> wow. She had been there for months. So they started popping champagne and coming around. I'm like, 
oh wow this has never happened to me before in a movie <laughs> it's like yeah no it's not it's for her and I'm like and they tap me on the shoulder it's like you can get out of costume now I was like okay but I'll say like she is just the nicest person ever and so much at that point they were they were riff it was clear that they're riffing left and right and they were you know you do the safe pass and here's how it's scripted and then after that and and she let it she's like i i just accidentally let something out because it stumbled and i just kept going and she's like that's great let's just keep doing that you know where we did the safe take nice. and i'm like okay well if tessa okay i was like okay tessa thompson <laughs> okay valkyrie and, i yeah, hear you and and the thing is i'm literally driving the cab the oh, whole... you're, you're driving. You're not being pulled. You're actually no, driving. No, I'm actually driving. And, and so I'm like, oh, my God. And I only met uh, F. Gary Gray. I didn't meet him the first day, but he came out the second day, and I talked with him a little bit. You know, he was a really nice guy. And, um, and again, it was one of those situations where I'm like, I am nowhere near cool enough to even be standing next to this man. <laughs> but it's hilarious because I'm actually driving this cab with, and, and, and dri- you know, acting in a mask is one thing, acting in a costume or whatever is something else, but acting with via car is not easy (laughs) especially as you know so it's like you know drive up and you're a cabbie so they're like drive up really fast hit this mark right here hit the brake open the window say the line it's like wow that's really hard it's like that is very very hard especially because i've been living in new york i haven't had a car in years yeah they they made sure i had a driver's license but so we're getting towards the end and meanwhile i'm driving and and the cab driver who lent who whose cab we're using could not turn off the cab available sign so (laughs) there's this one sequence where i'm driving tessa thompson comes and and runs and she's just seen them jumps in the car and says follow those follow those cars and the and the huge men in black cars pass and that's when, as soon as they were start by me, the intercom in the special radio in the car just starts screaming, go, go, go. And I'm just supposed to peel out and hit the gas. And so we do. And then they get the shot. But the thing is then to reset, I've got to, and this is down in Dumbo, I've got to drive all the way around the block to get back. I'm in this cab that says it's available with Tessa Thompson in the back seat. <laughs> and, and Dumbo is packed and everyone is flagging us down. And they, you're screaming at me. It's like, why aren't you stopping? You can't do this. And I'm like, what do you say? It's like, I'm an actor and I'm sorry, but I have one of the Avengers in the back seat, and I have to get, you know. And, and I, I, I said like to her. I that's a good excuse. I mean, you, yeah, you, you, I'm you like, try it? And I said, I said to I, I, I almost did. And I said to her, I'm like, I'm like, can I take you somewhere? Do you feel unsafe? Can you do you want to get out? She's like, no, I'm fine. I'm like, okay. And she really trusted me. And, and this was before Endgame came out, so I was like, so Valkyrie's going to be in it, right? I, I didn't say that. I wanted to. I'm going to be like, what's, what's going to happen <laughs> yeah. in Westworld, really? And talk about someone who would be great in the, in the Fast and Furious franchise. She then said, it's like you should just pick them up. And we could make some money on the side. It's like, could you imagine? It's like, hello, I'm a nobody. And here's Hollywood A. Lister, Lister, Tessa (laughs) Thompson. Yeah, but we were getting, it's like the best cash cab ever. We were getting towards the end of the day and we, they're losing the light. And we needed like this final thing where my cab comes screeching up into place. Here's the mark. And just a few, like two feet away is two of the most expensive, biggest cameras you've ever seen in your life more lighting equipment than i've ever seen and about 25 actual people setting it up to get the to get the car coming in on fully frontal like that and i'm of course you know taking it gingerly because i don't want to kill 25 people or destroy these two cameras or anything so i'm coming in and i'm supposed to just jam the gas and just stop right on this mark it wasn't lost on me that they're losing light and f gary gray himself comes up and he's talking to the ad and he says Okay, that was great. Now, two things. Don't stop so soon. Be a lot faster. And then he just walks away. 
and she turns and looks at me and is like, get closer and faster. Got it? And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm just <laughs> but like, I'm not a okay. stunt driver. Yeah, I, I wanted to point that out. Like, I'm not a stunt driver. And this is this isn't just the director saying this. I'm like, this is the director of one of the Fast and Furious movies saying this <laughs> yeah. to me. It's like, how did I end up in this position? And I and I did it, and the car skidded, and it's like way off the mark. I didn't get close to killing anybody, but he comes over. He's like, yep, that was great. That's good. And that was the last <laughs> shot. I was like. How is this my life right now? And that is the one I think they use in the movie. But it was amazing. Just absolutely, oh, so that's awesome. that's my my only little connection with F. Gary Gray. But but to go back oh. to what you're saying, I think yeah, it would be amazing if I'm surprised these franchises didn't bridge, bridge because that would be their gateway to space for one thing. Yeah, for sure. So here's so here's a little bit of a backstory that when we had Chris on, buddy Chris Malika, we were talking about how he was the linchpin that caused Westworld because his scene in Westworld, the episode of Westworld, basically oh, he, he is asked if he, he wants to ravage Dolores and he says no and or something along those yeah. lines and then she's or like she, he she says snaps. yes or something and she snaps and then she goes on a murderous rampage and that's what actually causes the effects of like the like that's an episode two or three right it's very early on yeah and like that's what like sets the pace for the rest of the show yeah so we're like Chris you realize you're like the Thanos of Westworld <laughs> that you caused everything to happen like you're the one you're the cause you're the villain and he's like i've never thought about that before but i think you guys are right oh of course he said that no if anything (laughs) first off chris malika ain't no thanos if anything he's just he's the justin hammer of westworld and even that's that's high i mean i love sam rockwell that's not a bad thing i know that's the problem it's like i'm trying to think of a low-level marvel villain i dislike but i can't think of one Uh, it's like but he ain't here's the idea I mean, aside from the fact that we just think that Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, and also Tessa Thompson, the Westworld connection there, too. She's Charlotte Hale. This is all maybe one universe. Who knows? That's maybe a little bit too crazy. But anyway, although Westworld does fit in with the tech, the way this is going, let's not get there for a second. Yeah, with the last season they did, anything's possible. Exactly. So Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, we think, would fit in perfectly with with these movies, with this family, with this crew. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Here's Here's the new thought, is that you... For some reason, in F nine, in F maybe you're maybe you're in F nine. You haven't told us yet. F nine, F ten. No, I, I'm I'm not. <laughs> well, maybe you're, I'm gonna pretend that you're contractually obligated to not yeah, tell us. You're under like, NDA. Yeah, you're yeah, NDA. yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, that's 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 what it is. Yeah. They're in New York and they're like, we need a cab, and they call a cab, and you're the cabbie, <laughs> and they're like, oh my god, that's the guy from Men in Black International. You'd be like, yo, guys, I just dropped this girl. Like it was crazy. She was talking about aliens. We didn't know what was going on. I just saw some aliens. Oh my like god. you could be the crossover. Over that opens the door, and it's like only us, only we know, because we're like, oh, we know him. You oh are the, God. you're the actual connective tissue between this franchise and Men in Black. Uh, if you wouldn't mind making a few calls, I mean, and I'll just I, say I that, think that would be the first like, ask of us. Yeah, I'm I think, interested. I think we would ask about ourselves first, but then you'd <laughs> that's be fine. really high up that, there. That's that, that, that's understandable. I, I I think the the only leap there is that you'd think it's anyone would look and say, oh my God, that's the cabbie from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nobody would say that. I mean, I would have a couple friends and my mom be like, what is he doing back? I mean, <laughs> and that's it. It's like... <laughs> so, Brian, isn't that the movie where you played the cab driver? It's like, no, yes, it is. Movie. It's like, yeah. That's it's the like, other multi-million, that, multi-hundred million so dollar happy, movie. Though. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the one. It, it was Ultimately, the funny thing is doing that and, and the chaos of trying to clear the streets of Dumbo and everything and then doing a movie that you already talked about. I uh, mentioned like Horror Gallery K, which obviously so like no budget at all and scraping right. by. There's really no difference. It's doing as much as you can, as fast as you can, as yeah. best as you can, and you have problems both ways. It's just one of them has 
a million dollar truck full of lights that's just always there. It's like, guess, <laughs> get, guess which one. <laughs> and my last note about F. Gary Gray, just to put a button on this, because then I want to know all about your favorite parts of this movie, what you love about this. But I also was digging some F. Gary Gray, and he directed Vin Diesel in the movie A Man Apart, which I did not know. Yeah. And I did not know that he directed Be Cool, which has The Rock in it, which we talked about, that The Rock oh, plays a gay right, character yeah. in that movie. We thought for a while. I hadn't known of that either. Yeah, I'd really only known him from uh, Straight Outta Compton. Then I, I got to know his other his other movies. And um, and I I know Justin Lin is kind of the, the appointed king of, of this franchise, and I yep. love Justin Lin. But I have to say, I mean, I, I think bias aside, it's like bias because I, you know, talk to him once. I, I love what uh, F. Gary Gray does in this movie in terms of the direction and the acting and, and everything else. He puts a stamp. It's not like you feel like, what is this? This doesn't feel like a Fast and Furious movie. It definitely True. does. Because they all have to, it's not like Marvel where, you know, of course Black Panther isn't going to feel like Thor Ragnarok. Those are completely different directing yeah. styles they want there, and that's the intention. That's not the intention here, I would imagine. It's like kind of they all want the same kind of madness, and I feel like he just perfectly you know added his own personal little twinge to that yeah now what about fate on a broader level now what do you love about i mean we know that you love the whole shaw family we get an introduction to that which gets amplified in hobbs and shaw but what do you love about this movie what sets it apart what makes you more excited about this movie than others in the franchise i think some of it is um the way i watch these movies and watching them kind of over like all of them in not in one sitting obviously but in a couple nights yeah it was all building up to this i knew this was the ice one and the one with the submarine or whatever and (laughs) this and the one where shaw and hobbs had to work together so in a lot of ways this is the one i was looking i was waiting for the whole time okay and it didn't disappoint i was waiting for this one because when I remember even as I said when I saw the trailers for this I'm like this looks insane this franchise looks like it just doesn't care about anything anymore (laughs) it's just going for it but then I watched it and the thing is it does and I love how this movie starts it that it starts with you know it starts with with it with a street race and that yeah it goes off soon goes off the rails but it starts very simply with Dom in a street race and I love that he's using one of Brian's tricks in the beginning, I love that they how they keep Paul Walker of uh, his memory alive and the and the memory of the character alive. And anytime he refers to something Buster would do, it just get gets me right in the heart. Whenever he says Buster, it's like that friendship was epic, and that it's still showing off on him, and they're still paying homage to that, and it's still a mark in their lives. Is is fantastic. So I love the way this movie starts. And I love that it also pays off later where he's saying it's like he's I, I forget the exact line, but he says to Cypher, he's listing uh, he's listing off reasons, the things that she's done to him it says something like you were screwed the minute you interrupted my honeymoon. Yep. And I was like, it all ties back to this. I Again, we've already touched on it, but it's it's, you know, literally using the family theme as a week as as his weakness. The only way to get to him would be this. I was like, okay, so that, yeah, that would do it, but it's like, how? And it's like, okay, it acknowledge, again, it acknowledges its history. It's this character that would be easy to forget because, of course, you want nothing is right with the world unless Dom and Letty are together. And as much as I, I, I like um, Elena, it's just nothing against her. It just feels wrong. 
and and I, I I'll say one thing about this movie. I feel like they give her a little bit of short shrift in how they take her out. Here's a question for you, and this is a theory that one of our past guests has brought up that we bring up a lot. Chris Morgan, in the writer for most of these movies, has said that they didn't have to rewrite Fate after Paul died. That they were basically like, this is the story we always wanted to tell. We wanted to have Don go against the family. But one of our past guests, Kate Hudson, not the Kate Hudson, but the Kate Hudson to us. Right. She thought that Fate, the story of like Cipher kidnapping a baby was originally meant to be Mia and their baby. And that when Paul mm. dies and they kind of write Brian and Mia out of the story, that they're like, we still have this idea that we really like and we want to use it, but like, how could we do it? Well, like, oh, we still have Elena in our back pocket. Do you see that as a viability? Do you think, like, I, it sounds like this story works for you aside from the way that they get rid of Elena sort of, you know, almost off screen. Like, they just shoot her and just, you don't even see her body, right? But like... I didn't need to see her her head actually get blown off. But I, I mean, it's... it's she, I mean, I feel a little bad for Elsa Pataki and that, well, there's another gateway for Hemsworth into, you know, the franchise also, cause that's his real life. Wife. She's fallen real life. Exactly. Yeah, real, real life wife. Yeah. I think it would have been stronger if that was what they did, because you obviously care so much about Mia and Brian. And of course, Dom would care so much about their kid and it's still family and keeping it in the theme. I think it just would have been muddied a little bit. I think adding Brian and Mia into this whole thing would have, May, would have been one complication too much. It would have been one character too much. I like the theory. It would be, and we'll never see it, obviously, and we'll never right. know if that's what they were going to do. I think it works the the way it works. I think it, yeah, it obviously would have been more powerful and more of a gut punch if Brian and Mia, if we know real life events, real life tragedies had not happened. If we knew, if we knew that Brian and Mia being in this movie was a even the slightest possibility, and we knew that something turn Dom against them or whatever turn Dom against the team it's like what could possibly do it the first thing everyone would think is it's something they have they have Brian and Mia or their kid it's like mm. we think they have them trapped up if they were still in play we would have outguessed it we would have guessed that that's what's going on immediately with this I was expecting Elsa Pataki to be in the movie but I wasn't expecting that it was long far enough away from the opening credits where it's like oh this is how she's going to be involved Whereas if they were like Brian and Mia were still very much characters, but were we were led to think that they're sitting this one out, what would possibly turn Dom? And if they were still, you know, in play or even just Mia, you know, it'd be like, oh, well, obviously it was her. And I already knew Jordana Brewster was not in this movie or else that's immediately where my mind would have gone as well. Right. I, and I know she's going to be in the next one. So I'm hoping they don't do something similar. She doesn't show up and say, you know, oh, Brian, you know, died off screen or something like that. I, right. I, I it's I, I, I don't know. I, I, I trust after what they did, you know, ending seven, I trust them to pay homage to that. It's um, I just really like the idea of the two of them driving off in the sunset happiness also i like the idea of of mia coming back and be, still being in the franchise you know because she's really great she's a great character yeah. so it's it's kind of they know what they're doing better than i do so i trust them obviously so i trust them to handle it i i like that theory though i mean and that could be that could be where it was but for what it's worth it's like dom having a kid of his own is kind of in a way the the natural progression of where you know his arc and journey would go and for especially sure. if, if it's like the, the another soap opera trope, it's like secret son that you didn't know about that now is being held hostage. Do what I say. Classic. And the payoff, though, because then you get the the one of my favorite scenes is Shaw saving the kid. And I thought it was going to go, um, you know, that scene in Face Off where they, they put <laughs> the headphones on the kid while the chaos is going on and they just 
you hear what the the music the kids hearing while you're seeing the gunplay and everything. I thought they were going to do that with the Chipmunk song, and they didn't. I was I was I was glad they they didn't. But it's seeing the rescue of of the sun and everything on the planet and everything was just was joyous. So I was it worked for me with with what they did. You know, I will say, and I was saying this, I was sort of hinting at this, Joe, to you online when, when I was watching this the other day. Was this is the first time that we have watched this movie or we've covered this movie, that we've talked about this movie since the F9 trailer came out. Yeah, we talked about it. So that. which means it's the first time that we knew for sure Cypher was coming back. Right. This is also the first time, maybe since lap one, that I've watched the extended cut, because, the again, I've complained about this before, and it's a very, very, very first world problem, but, like, the 4K disc is just the theatrical, and just the digital copy is extended, and so, like, when I put the disc in, I just, my brain forgets that there's more, and it was kind of between just maybe Stockholm Syndrome, a, but also the fact that we know that Cypher is going to have a payoff, hopefully in nine, or at least the benefit hopefully. of a payoff yeah. in nine. Yeah. The fact that there's twelve extra minutes or something of of extra footage. I loved this movie this time. I don't know it's going to move up in my rankings, but like I loved this movie. It's not my tied for my favorite movie in the franchise. I still think that I still can't get over that. That's amazing to me still. Where is it in in your ranking? Uh, last. It's last. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, but I I wonder if that's going to change just because like consensus wise two four and eight are almost everybody's bottom three in some order really yeah with the benefit of hindsight and being able to be removed from it and seeing where Hobbs and Shaw go and hopefully seeing where Dom and Cypher go and how Shaw factors in and the whole justice for Han because I think people hated this one for two reasons number one Maybe three. I think the three biggest gripes, and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, we don't like seeing Dom against the family. It feels not, not it's, cool. No, it, it's hard to watch, and that's but that's why the payoff is so joyous for me. Right. So that's, that's one. We don't like them seeing... We don't see like seeing them bring Shaw in. Like I know it's not their choice. Mr. Nobody brings him in, but by the end, when he drops off baby Brian at the rooftop, it feels like he murdered Han. But now that we know Han's Justice alive... And right. now that we know that maybe, maybe Dom knew all the way back in like 2013 in the movies, right? When he goes to pick up quote unquote Han's body, maybe he knew then Han wasn't dead. So maybe that's why he's okay with it. So that's number two. Right. And then number three, we think that like Cypher is kind of like a lackluster villain and that she doesn't really have a payoff. Like she literally just parachutes out of a, an airplane. And what's that's her goal? Last we see what her. was she trying right. to do the whole movie, right? She's just trying to be evil. She wants to start a nuclear war, but like, where is she going to nuke? Is it going to be America? Is it going to be somewhere in Europe? Like, we don't know her plan. And it felt like if that was all we saw of her, it's just like, ugh, who cares? That... But the fact that she's coming back, the fact that Han is still alive adds a wrinkle. Yeah. And the fact that, to your point, Brian, that they pay off the Dom, why he did what he did and how it sort of comes back and the way, you know, you just let your foot off the tiger's neck and the way that he gets back at Cypher, like, I think all of this, like, history is being kind to this movie in a way that, Joe, you and I had always hoped it would be, but never really had full hopes that it w- could be. Yeah, well, we, we talked about this, and, and just to explain to Brian that when we started this podcast, this project... I was always dreading watching 4 again, but if you watch 4 in hindsight compared to when it came out, it's the foundation for what they grew from it. Yep. So for me, yeah. when I watch 8, I'm disappointed by it, but I'm hopeful that when we get to 9 and 10, that in hindsight, you're like, oh, look at the groundwork the 8 set for us to get to here, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm always hoping for whenever I watch this one. I, I can see that being the case. I think... A lot of it has to do, at least for me, is because my personal experience and how I watch these in that 
it was the end of my epic journey. It was, you know, the the big finale, at least at the time. And yeah, from now on, every single one of these, I'm going to be seeing in the theater. Are you nuts? I can't even imagine. I, I know how Astoria audiences go nuts when seeing these big movies, you know, on opening night. Well, I will, I will say, I don't, I don't want to dissuade you from being in Astoria, but, you know, assuming movie theaters still True. exist in April, yeah. and assuming that, like, AMC still exists and that we all feel safe enough to go to the movie theater, you are more than welcome to join us. We usually go up to the uh, the Palisades Mall, which is halfway between our houses, which is not that far from the city. No. And uh, we, you, you could join our family watch party. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. Count, count me in, I think, because there's nothing better. I can't imagine... Watching this because you know some of these big movies, Avengers and and uh, Star Wars. I remember one. It was I think it was the fifth Harry Potter movie. Dumbledore has this epic entrance, and the theater just went nuts. And this one yeah. guy kept screaming like for an, <laughs> for five minutes straight. I was like, wow! I thought I was a fan. <laughs> and so I can't even imagine how some of these play in front of a live audience and I, ca- oh, I can't great. wait to great. experience it especially on opening night there's really nothing like that I kind of w- w- in terms of Han I never bought that I was always when I saw it I was I already knew that Shaw was going to join the team so okay. part of me when he was when and I didn't know he was going to come back when I first saw this but I was like uh, part of me didn't buy that that's how it went down. Because you knew that Shaw okay. was eventually not always the villain, that he was at least a begrudging ally. Yeah. You had a hunch that like he that Han wasn't necessarily dead because it, it would like it seems like a bridge too far to cross. Right, or that there was more to it. It's like because if he actually okay. killed one of their team, there's no way they would let him back in the mix. That's not to say I mean as far as they all know in this movie though, he does kill him and they're having him, you know what they're family picnic at the end now that you mention it that does seem a little off but i think in i've seen this a couple uh, more than a few times since seeing the trailer and knowing han is alive i forget that the other characters don't know that yet or maybe Mm. they do is the thing maybe they do and they're just not saying it it's that's that's our question yeah Yeah. we're like who did know what did they know when did they know who doesn't know i feel like hobbs and dom probably know because i don't think they would tolerate this guy killing one of their one of their own like that it's unless they knew and that's something they can retroactively just throw in there it's like oh yeah we knew the whole time you know it's oh did you we've never said this before joe but i'm just thinking now in a franchise where they have they literally have technology that can find anyone on earth you would think that at one point they'd be like uh han but if you thought your boy was dead would you like go hire a private investigator to go see if he's still alive you'd be like no we we know he's dead somebody told us he's dead you wouldn't even question it but you don't think if you're if you're drunk one night and you're like uh let me search batman let me search superman what if you have if you have a god's eye or a a devil's anus or a golden eye what the yeah. god's eye is the devil's what bunghole it. yeah the devil's yeah. bunghole if it's not actually han and if then it's something they should address yeah by the way you shouldn't have come to that picnic you killed our friend you know fuck you but there's also this theory i'm reading about which makes sense that now they have pretty much cyborgs in the mix thanks to hobbs and shaw you know or or for all we know you know full on lmd robot replications clones could be in the mix now are there like a hundred hans and is that the deal it's the that's the thing everything is on the table with this franchise it's like you can think of the most outrageous idea of where it's gonna go and you'll watch it be like wow they went actually a hundred times weirder so that's part of the joy of every one of these you never really know what to expect unless they show it in the trailer 
Um, so now we can expect Han to come back, but we don't know how. For all we know, he'll grow a laser arm in like the end and start shooting fire out of his eyes and be like wow okay well they did not show that in the trailer you, you know sometimes i forget and i imagine this might happen with you guys um that sometimes i forget what happened in which movie and who especially because sometimes i'll watch a little bit of one and then the first half of another kind of like how i sometimes do with lord mm-hmm. of the rings i'll watch like the end of, lifetime way to watch these movies yeah, yeah i'll watch like the end of fellowship of the ring and the beginning of two towers sometimes it's like i'll be weird like that and so I've started thinking of this as one giant tapestry, like, again, the most expensive, ongoing, big screen soap opera that's ever been. So I kind of, this is just, you know, what episode did that happen in? Oh, that's in the baby swap amnesia. No, that was after that. His friend's dead, but they forgave him. Oh, he has the secret baby. Is she dead yet? No, she's still around. She's going to die. Okay. You know, it, it's, I think of it as just one giant thing now. And I, I'll say that I love, um, I love that. Natalie uh, Emanuel's in the mix. Yeah. I think she's a fantastic addition, and I'm curious as to if she's actually interested in either one of those guys or if... That's what I was going to say. Do you think that she winds up with one, and if so, which one? Well, she also says, I mean, we've we've pointed this out before. She says, what's my last name? But her last name, according to a screen somewhere, her name is Megan Ramsey. So the fact that they don't say, oh, your last name is Ramsey, it's like the most obvious... It could be either, but like, just say Ramsey. One of you idiots, just say Ramsey. I would have been like, that's a trick question. You don't have one. I was expecting that to go. It's like, I would. I like you both, but it's like, I like girls or something like that. Yeah. I totally thought that's what they were going to do. And I think in a way it's like she's kind of too cool for either one of these guys. If I, but I'd put her with Tej if, if I, if it was one of the two of them, because Roman's talking a good game, but I'm like, no, it's like. You're, you're already you already have so much in common with Tej with the tech and everything. Think of what those two could do together. They're already together in that, but just join your technology together with the power of love and see what happens. Even though Barstow's exotic to her. Yes. Yeah. Brian, we've been talking about this, and, and before Hobbs and Shaw came out, Joey and I had been talking for a while, and we were pitching that we thought that because we never see Hobbs with a female companion. We are so proud of this franchise, especially like now. And I know that it's, it's sort of dumb to prop up a movie, but like, especially in a time where like, we want to listen to black voices and black filmmakers and different cultures and different stories. Like we're really, truly proud of the franchise. And we love the fact that it's so diverse and there's, you know, all different ethnicities and yep. pretty equal-ish balance between men and women. But we're like, the one thing that's lacking is queer representation. Yeah. We had been pitching before Hobbs and Shaw came out that we were like, because we never see Hobbs with a female companion, you know, we thought maybe it would be great if Hobbs was a gay character in this franchise. You know, we had never seen him with a woman. We were like, this would be really interesting. This could, you know, he was he was kind of like asexual for a while, right? Because it's just yeah. The Rock. And mm-hmm. we knew that The Rock played a gay character before in different movies and things like that. So you bring up Natalie Emanuel being possibly a gay character would be amazing, right? Like, this would be really cool that the finishing point, Roman and Tej going after her, she's like, I like neither of you. Yeah, and it turns incredible. out it's like Mia shows up. It's like, actually, I like her. But I mean, in terms of The Rock, I mean, that's also fascinating. And I'll say, watching this movie again, you know, with the current situation, you'll never watch The Rock rampaging through a prison, getting repeatedly pelted with rubber bullets. 
yep. brushing them off as if they're nothing, like you will never watch that scene the same way again. It's like the it's I was like, wow, okay. You just can't take him down. He's brushing it off like they're little nuisances, but still it's like, oh my god. That had a, that had a whole new significance. Part of why, you know, I, I love these movies is that yeah, they're they're diverse. They keep getting more diverse, but that is one area where they're not as diverse and if it fits the story, if it, you know, isn't, it's not to do it just for the sake of doing it and it's doing it to say, look how progressive we are, but it's to do it because it's rooted in character and theme. And with these movies, they usually are. Um, and usually that character and theme is tied to something outlandishly ridiculous, but so be it. Y- y- you know, it's, she can be LGBTQ and, and they don't, that's just how it is. And it's not like that doesn't define that it's character. It's not her character. I agree. Yeah. She, she's not, she's not scripted to be this. It could be part of her character. Yeah, know? it's like this is this is the character, and it's like this is this is what they are, and it's not. And here's a special thirty minutes about this condition. Where, you know, they 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 don't they don't do that. You know, like our our dream and the dream is maybe a strong word, but we always just wanted Hobbs to be like, and eh, you know, here's my partner, and it's just a dude. Like they don't address it. It's just like this is it's a, it's just a fact of life. It's just who he is, right? It's just we don't make a big deal of it. He's just there. Yeah. yeah. I do want to say though, while we're on this topic, you know, I I was mentioning that I loved the extended cut, but the extended cut does add two rather homophobic jokes that I was kind of thrown off by, and they're both they? Hobbs and Shaw jokes. So we talked about in the first one, right? In the first Fast and Furious where, like, Vince drops the hard F, right? On on Brian, you know, Fatburger, whatever, right? But, like, for the most part since then, like, there's been... Not that it was excusable because it's never excusable, but it was a different time. It was 20 years ago. It was... We are way different now than we were then. Yeah. This movie was 2017. Way different time. In the prison when they're in the cells shouting at each other and Hobbs is doing the bench pressing or like the, yeah. the curls, the bicep curls with the bench. Yep. He tells Shaw to go toss some more salads. He's like, go out there and toss some more salads, which like in a prison full of dudes is like very clearly just like a gay joke. And it's like, yeah. Mm. interesting. Yeah. Then later he uses a phrase that I fucking love, but I don't love that it's used in a homophobic way. He says that he can't wait to slap the dick garage off Shaw's face. <laughs> Which yes. is, yeah. it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really quite make sense. And I think it's only in the extended cut. I, actually, as I was watching it this time, I was like, the dick garage? Like, what Slap is the dick garage off his face, which is a great phrase, but used poorly. Like, the fact that they're using it as like a, look at this guy, he's so gay, he sucks a bunch of dicks. It's like, yeah. not, that shouldn't be an insult. Like, that should just be like a... If he was gay, that would be a good, that would be a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, if I was gay, you want to put your car in a if I was like, gay, I'd want as many be. dicks in my mouth as possible. It's like, exactly. if you're, exactly. you're, you're doing something right. So that's not an insult. Like, I, I love the fact that that phrase is in here. I just hate the fact that in a franchise that is so positive and so diverse Accepting. and so representative, yeah. it's just like, I get why that was cut from the theatrical version. Because like, that, that doesn't fly. It's unnecessary. And in terms of the, the other one, it's it's... Not only is that unnecessary and in poor taste, but it's also just old. And how many? I mean, it's like what is this police academy? It's yeah, like yeah. it's like something a joke they'd make there, and it wasn't funny then, and it's not funny now. So why? It's like not that. Oh well, if it was funny, it would be okay. That's uh, that's definitely not what I'm saying because it's it's inappropriate and it's yeah. not no, funny. It's, it's, and it's if, doubly if, wrong. If, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it fails on every level. So it's right. not like oh, this is such a good joke. We're going to risk homophobia. It's not that either. So just leave it out. That one definitely stuck out. It took me, 
um, a couple watches to even understand that he was saying the words dick garage because I've never heard a mouth ex- um, described that way. But the other one, I was like, oh, it's like, I come did on. Google it, and it's uh, according to Urban Dictionary because, of course, that's where the first hit is. It's commonly a slang for vagina, which makes more sense. But like, because like slapping it off somebody's face, like you don't slap, like if you just substitute mouth, like you don't slap a yeah. mouth off. Like, I guess you could say slap that smirk off your face. Well, Maybe I guess he was it's saying like it's like, regard. well, you, Shaw, have a vagina perpetually attached to your face and I'm going to slap it <laughs> off of your face but in which case that's a choice that Shaw has made to wear a vagina on his face all the time <laughs> so that should be respected also scientifically that's quite a feat and you know should be studied and celebrated if anything it should not be slapped off absolutely the fact that it's able to like survive and you're able to like keep it fresh fresh is the wrong word but you it's know like, what I mean don't don't balls are you know are shriveled and you know whatever don't grow balls grow a vagina that's tough so it's it's maybe maybe i i don't know i i would love to it's uh, it's funny how a little line like that can kind of spark this entire line of thought where i'm sure they just weren't thinking twice but it's like, i mean just think about like the phrase you know no niece to niece has led to probably two oh, hours exactly of and that's that. what i love it's, it's something i love about uh, well not love about this particular joke but i love about lines like you're saying about no niece denise and that it's something that that star wars does very very well it's something that tolkien always did very well and translates well into those movies it's that they have these little asides i, I always call them battle of tanab moments because it's like where lando says somebody must must have heard about my little maneuver in the battle of tanab and that's the only time you ever hear about the battle of tanab Yet your mind is immediately conjuring, well, what was that? It conjures yeah. this whole other story and makes the universe feel full. And you're like, wow, that's a that's a whole thing. That's like a whole thing that we don't know about. It's like there's a Clone Wars episode that goes on like 10 bounty hunters in a row and just lists off their achievements and instantly conjures 10 new stories in your head that you will probably never hear about again unless they make a whole spinoff movie about them. And I love that this franchise does that with little throwaway lines like that about... It just says no knees to knees. It doesn't explain it. Yet you're thinking about it. You keep coming back to it, and it's like you and you. It works your own imagination because yeah. you you fill in obviously with a either a completely goofy story or one that would be more suited to the world or one that's kind of both. It's like, well, what's your version of that? I love that it works those you know imagination storytelling muscles and that they don't over explain things like that yeah i mean they almost literally don't have time like they can't spend 10 minutes on that because like what are they going to cut out of the movie they really don't i i love that they have the freedom and that they allow themselves to kind of go off with a you know with a random drop of a character like that that we may never meet it's like that's that's a a way more interesting thing to say than you know make a a, a, another drop the soap toss the salads prison joke which is yeah it's just it's come on two other quick notes i want to make about the extended cut that i don't know that we've talked about in a while i one thing especially knowing that hobbs and shaw like i have not seen the extended cut for sure since hobbs and shaw came out toward the end after they have the scene in new york right where they like they have Dom as like the 1600 horsepower Mustang or whatever, like the crazy car and they all have the harpoons and like he wrecks them all. There's the alleyway and Shaw looks like he gets shot and killed, right? And then we go back to the garage and there's a scene in the extended cut, which I don't think is in the theatrical cut because I don't know that you need it. But Hobbs specifically asks after Shaw, he says, Deckard? And then somebody says, I think maybe little nobody, he didn't make it. And yeah. Hobbs punches a wall. And I was yeah. like, wow, like that? 
it's like it's the evolution because they'd already been i think the scene earlier where like they're going back and forth you know jabs barbs quips whatever and it's when you know Hobbs says i'll punch your teeth so far down your throat you're gonna stick your toothbrush up your ass to brush your teeth or whatever right like and i like that he just laughs at that he pretty much says yeah. like all right that was good so they had shown that they were like that they're softening toward each other. But the fact that he asks after him specifically, I mean, he might've said it about anybody that didn't come back. Right. But like the fact that they showed him, like, it's like, Oh, they are growing. They do appreciate, they do respect him. You know, they don't hate him. This guy, hate this guy. Yeah. I always watch the extended cut. So I don't know the differences. So you talking about the differences between the theatrical and the extended is interesting to me. I've only ever seen the, the extended and that's what I watched again this time. And I think that's especially going from, you know, the whole movie starts with catch him, catch him when he's escaping and, and we have we have to contain him. Fuck, no, I'm not going to work with him to what an hour later punching something because you think he's dead. I mean, that's and you yeah. believe it. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I love I love that moment. Yeah. The other note that I, I recognize the difference and I don't think this is in the theatrical is that at the end in the like when they're in the submarine scene and Hobbs does the haka against the Russians, yes. that's not in the theatrical either. I don't oh, know. interesting. Oh, really? I really oh, like that's the one of my favorite of parts. Yeah, same. Oh, I'm a sucker for a haka. Did you see the people? Did you see the group in uh, New Zealand this yeah. past week? Yeah. The haka, oh, like in support of George yeah, Floyd. Like, awesome, I did. Awesome. There's like few things that are more powerful to me than that. And The Rock just does it. Oh, my God. The way he does it. And that's that is not in the theatrical cut. I don't think so. Oh, that's one, that's one of my favorite scenes. That's one of my favorite rock scenes, period. Right. I mean, like in anything. The callback, the throwback, everything. I love everything about it. Yeah. Oh man, that's oh it's such a good such a good part. I also so in in terms of other Haka scenes, obviously the one that people remember, the one that's in the theatrical cut is in the beginning of the movie where there's the pink dragons against the the monarchs. Yeah. Right? Pink yeah. monarchs <laughs> and red dragons. red dragons. I was thinking red dragons, yeah, sorry, pink monarchs, red dragons, yes. I, I can't do anything but apologize. I yeah, forgive you. I was thinking how much cooler it would be, specifically where we are right now in the minute, if the guy recruiting Hobbs was Tanner. He looks like Tanner, but he's not Tanner. Right. Like, that would have required Tanner to have, like, a a huge career jump, like, at his, like, age 55 or 60, right? Because he feels pretty much like lifelong LAPD, like, mid-level guy. But now he's, like, at a role in the DSS or whatever to, like, be recruiting Hobbs to jobs. Like, it feels like that's a huge... (laughs) career swing like in the 11th hour like yeah. that doesn't feel doable but i would love to see hot the tanner come back people like shit is that tanner like i think it is that would have been really cool for some reason the the hobbs being in the position he was in and being that high up kind of excuses uh, not not that it needs an excuse but how does this street racing team get involved in these much higher level events and thefts and schemes and all that is because you know, he's kind of the gateway into that in a lot of ways. It's like, yeah. here's this new, um, you buy with the rock in that part, you buy it for one thing. Cause of course you buy it, but also once they brought it and, and that's another thing he was, it's another instance where he's not a villain, but the antagonist until yeah. he wasn't. And now I can't imagine the, I can't, I can't imagine a, one of these movies without him. And I guess exactly. we're going to now, is he in the next one or is he not? And it, who is fighting with who? Is this something you guys have talked about? Because oh, yeah, so is... I've tried to get to the bottom of this, and I'm like, I'm reading, it's Vin and The Rock that have the problem, and then I was yes. like, no, it's it's Tyrese and The Rock that have the problem. It's like, who is fighting <laughs> with who? And can they all just shut the fuck up and just get along? We should all shut up and get along. The beef was, and as far as we can tell, Vin Diesel, the actor, did not, because it's Vin and Tom in our brain, like it's hard to 
separate the two. Yeah, yeah. it's but very Vin hard. did not like that his franchise, The Fast and Furious, from what we understand, this might not be exactly true, but this is the best that we can understand, that he did not like that his franchise was having a movie that he was not in, even though he wasn't in two and he was barely, barely, barely in three, right? He left! But, like, the fact that this had evolved to become his franchise and they're doing this spin-off with Hobbs and Shaw with The Rock and Statham, and like they're like, oh yeah, we don't need Vin anymore. When they were shooting Fate, this news apparently broke, and Vin got very upset to the point where he like didn't show up on set for like 18 hours or something, and like they just wasted a day. And so like he seemed like a real diva. So that's when like The Rock went out on Instagram and called him a candy ass, right? Not not by name, not specifically by name, not saying Vin is a candy ass. I like, remember that, but I remember I him saying with their candy asses. I remember the can the candy ass thing heard around the world. Yeah. So your confusion was that Tyrese in Tyrese. his yeah, know, in his effort out. to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Is like, <laughs> oh, God. oh, Tyrese and Paul Walker seemed like they were buds, that they had gotten along, and that Paul kind of was like, hey, let's keep bringing him back. And then when Paul's gone, he's like, I need to hitch my wagon to one of these guys. So I'm going to back Tyrese definitely Dom knows where here. his bread is buttered, right? Like, yes. he, yeah. he knows. So he, he jumped on Team Vin and was like, no, like, he's, you know, you're wrong. Like, this is Dom, this is Vin's franchise, this is Dom's story, whatever. And so that's why he was coming out there. But, like, not that, like, Vin versus The Rock is even a fair fight, because you've talked about how The Rock is, like, this, like, everyone's ideal of everything. But, like, Tyrese against The Rock is even more lopsided. It's like, <laughs> yeah, what are you I, doing, I mean, come on, come, come on. No slight to, to Vin Diesel I, and, and no slight to Dom. He is Dom. And this is his franchise, a couple of I Am Groots aside. The Rock, without this franchise, will be just fine. You know, The Rock has a career, had a career before this, he'll have a career after this. He's He's going to have a political career very soon. He's never going to stop working, and there's a reason he's as charismatic as he is, even if the movies he's in aren't that great. He brings something to them, and, I mean, him being one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, that that doesn't just happen. You know, there's there's a charisma there. There's a natural charisma when you watch him that you just can't take your eyes off him. I mean, am I saying he's Ian McKellen? No, but, I mean, he it's a completely different thing. He just... You, you watch him for di- for different reasons, and it's just glorious watching him kick so much ass. But another thing, it's like, you, so you're not coming to set for 18 hours. It's it's like, okay, it's like, did you see that? It's like, stop being Brando or Val Kilmer bitching on the set of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. It's like, for the love of God, it's like that has never gotten anywhere, anyone anywhere. And it's like, and like you said, it's like a movie without him. It's like, well, where were you in the second one? Yeah. It's like, yeah. where were you for most of the third one? I mean, he thought it's like he was done with this and walked away. And then, and then maybe not. I mean, I don't know. It's just so ludicrous to me. And, and not, um, not Chris Ludicrous Bridges, I'm sure. No, yeah. no, absolutely. It's just full on ludicrous speed. It's like, because they, they, they just it benefits from having them all. And, and, you know, for all the talk of family and everything else, it's like, you know, it's it's like, do you guys watch your own movies? Don't you <laughs> yeah. know? We, no, we fam- think that they don't. Because yeah, there's a lot of callbacks that they should be making that they're not making. So we don't think that they actually Dom do. Said That's true. Weird at the trailer preview, too. Remember when we were watching this? I forget what it was, Joey. But, like, we were watching and he said something about the movies. And we're like, what is he talking about? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to shit on Vin Diesel because I do like Vin Diesel. And God knows I love Dom. And I don't, you know, I don't want Dom coming after me because, you know, I'm toast. You might need to be his cabbie one day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that'll be the day. That'll be the day. And that, and he was never seen again. Um, <laughs> I, I just think it's hilarious that in the middle of these two, Vin Diesel already formidable picking a fight with The Rock, Tyrese feels the need to jump into that tornado. 
maybe don't. Tyrese has a long history of putting his nose into weird shit. Anyways. Yeah, it's it's like, well, okay, well, it's your your pitch to bring the Transformers into this is officially going to get shot down. Anyway, that was a side thing. It's just I was trying to get, I, I, it's to the point where I can't keep it straight. It's like, I thought, I had thought initially they were doing Hobbs and Shaw. Somebody was saying because they want to keep the franchise going and they want to keep The Rock in it, but The Rock will not work with Vin Diesel and they can't work together anymore, so they can't be in the same movie. I'm like, so are you just going to keep making spinoffs? Just for the, I, I don't know. So it, this Shaw, is what we talked about, yeah. But Shaw's going to be in, in Fast 9, or whatever it's called, but Hobbs is not. As far as I know, Hobbs is not. I don't know that Shaw is. Last time I checked IMDb, he was. It would, I mean, how can you have one? You got to have both now. Yep. They're, they're pretty much a, solidified as a double act. And while I'm at it, to throw Vanessa Kirby in there, too. You got to now have Vanessa Kirby and, yep. and Helen Mirren in every single one of these now, too. You can't bring them into the mix and then, and then not have them. So they've, they've talked, though, about a female-focused Fast and the Furious spin-off. Like an, a, an A-Force Fast and the Furious. I'm, I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, so we're talking like when we've talked about this and we've heard about it, we're like, okay, now you got Vanessa Kirby, you got the Madam M, Helen Mirren. You got Helen Mirren as, as kind of the, the Professor X analog yep. in, in a way. You got obviously Letty, you know, as, as the, yep. the point person. Natalie Emmanuel. As, as, as running the tech. Oh, that's, I would watch that in a second. Same. I would, I would watch that 17 times in the theater. <laughs> now, is there anything else about this movie? Because we've got a couple games, we've got a character quiz, we've got a couple games that we're going to play. Is there anything else about this movie that you could not live with yourself if you did not talk about it? Any of their favorite moments or characters or any parts about Fate of the Furious that we have not covered yet? Because I have a couple more really quick things. Talking about when you mentioned Cypher and that she kind of, we don't really know what the point was or what her deal was and she kind of yeah. just, you know, pulls a, a Blofeld out the plane and, you know, to be to villainize again. I mean, personally, I get the feeling that she's working for somebody. I, I like her as a villain. I also just generally like Charlize, so... Boy, do we have a podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so she shows, I, I thought she was good. I also, I lo- I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the thing where it's just such a classic moment. It's Dom says, I've learned one thing about you, Cypher. And then he proceeds to rattle off 15 things. <laughs> and I'm like, you said you learned one thing. It sounds like you learned a lot. You dye your hair. That's not your real eye color. You're in, you're afraid of this. You don't like this. You're allergic to nuts. And I'm like, oh my! It's like wow. It's like that is not one thing, Dom. Yeah. If he had if he had preempted that by saying I learned one thing, you're fake, and here's the points. But it's he doesn't yeah. say it like that. He's it's just like, like you're fake. Here's you know one how, thing. Yeah. It's like I've learned one thing about you, and then he says fifteen things. I'm like, yeah. Okay. That's, I guess it was Boy. like you know what? I've learned fifteen things about you, and here they are in sequential order. But I think she's definitely working for somebody and i'm wondering who you mentioned thanos before and no it's not chris <laughs> i can't believe he said that and of course i mean he didn't propose it but you said that and i guarantee you he was like oh yeah. oh he was all about it oh of yeah. course he was it's like because he would never let he would never say it himself he'd let somebody else say it first and then he'd celebrate it <laughs> we were all too quick that. to give him the opportunity yeah so forget yeah, about anthony hopkins and that whole storyline and how he you know forget about that but sure <laughs> Sure. Oh my! I, I can't wait to give him. Some I mean, look. If Anthony that. Hopkins wants, to, if, if Sir Anthony Hopkins wants to come on the podcast, we'll give him all the credit in the world. I'll, Chris I'll gave ask a couple him. hours of his time. So I mean, yeah. you're going to be. He's Westworld, but like people are like people are over Westworld. Like the new hotness is the Men in Black International. I mean, you're come now. On. It's totally the linchpin it's, there. So you're, you're totally, a new. 
do you, do, where, do you want to be with the past or you don't want to be with the future? It's like, exactly. get, which horse are you going to ride? Let's it's go like to space. Aliens and everything else. And talk about, that would be another get, Anthony Hopkins. Can you imagine him popping up somewhere? But it's, I keep wondering, it's like, who are they ever going to do a Thanos-level villain in Fast and the Furious? It's like Well, we think it's either Cypher or whoever Cypher works for, because she's either got to be... I think be... it's who Cypher... Cypher's working for somebody. I don't you think... think so? Yeah, I don't think Cypher is the big bad. I think Cypher is the prelude to the big bad. But she's like second in command wherever she is. Yeah. I mean, she's damn good, and I think she's going to be in a lot of trouble with whoever she reports to. And I think, but who is that character who would play them? It's and there's got to be. I mean, because we've had. I mean, every every they all have good antagonists, and this would be one that does not turn good. Now here's the here's the thought for you, and this is uh, the other the other one of the other big questions that we've had. Do you think she is in line with Etion, the company, the the villainous company in Hobbs and Shaw, or is she a separate company? Like, is she? in the same organization as like Brixton or are they competing? Cause it feels like they're all techie, but it could be either like, you know, an Amazon versus Apple thing, or it could be that they're all in the same group. Possible. I mean, that's really interesting. I think they could be separate groups and then have to, unfor- uh, have to like combine their forces out of necessity, mm-hmm. I think would be interesting. If she then okay. it's like, look, we, we hate each other. We're competitors, but now our missions are aligned. We have to do this. Or it would be also interesting if, if they were both, you know, just kind of in the same bucket. From if the she beginning. worked for Etion, yeah. Yeah, that would that would be an interesting tie in. Um, or if that was just, you know, one of this whoever this this uh, Fast and Furious Sauron is, you know, that just ties into whatever the, you know, the Hydra network that they've created. Yep. And you find out that kind of all of these they've already kind of done it through her it's like a lot of the villains have tied back to her it's like so who does she tie back to um and that's just a feeling i mean if they say no she's the big bad then it's like okay but i get the feeling that she's going to report to somebody and she is also going to turn and join the team at some point (laughs) that's going to be a much harder one to accept Uh, it's like i don't i don't see dom inviting her to that picnic anytime soon well also well no she had tormund gun Elsa Pataki down. She ain't joining the team. That's somebody that, like, the the big bad, to prove a point of how big and bad they are, would then shoot her in the head. Once they have every every everything I need from Cypher, she goes down. I don't have a clue what that character is. I'm wondering if, if anyone does. Or if it's somebody we've already met and we just didn't know. I don't know. The head of Etion, we've been pitching lately, you know, we've, we've definitely, like, you know, asked our fans and everyone, like, who do you think the head of Etion is? Recently, we were getting to the point where, like... We don't have a consensus, is We don't sure. have a like, consensus. We don't, there's, we don't have, like, a theory. Like, we're still, we're still workshopping it. We're still workshopping it. But the latest one, we see John Cena is Dom's brother. And we're like, well, Somehow, now, yeah. well, since we never see a body... We know that Dom's dad might be alive. So who could be Dom's dad, and could he be the ultimate villain that Dom has to fight his father, right? Because we do brother <laughs> in nine, yeah. then father in ten, and we were like, oh, Harrison Ford would be like a great guy to be like, Dom has to fight his father. Especially Harrison Ford as his character from American Graffiti. Yes. I mean, anytime you can get Harrison Ford, that's great. I mean... I believe I believe when asked about it, Harrison's exact quote was, um, I don't care. <laughs> but it's like whoever would play Toretto's father, it's like it would have to be some action legend, wouldn't it? It would have exactly. to be like like not any of these guys, but someone like a Stallone or, or Schwarzenegger or not, yep. not not neither of those guys. But it would have to be like a legend. 
that's interesting. It's like it's the one thing about family they haven't explored. It's like and now he he's like all but fought his own clone, right? You know, which is why we're like not sure. Place. Like, and now he has to fight his father. But that's a little Star Wars, isn't it? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. If we're gonna steal, steal from the best. Um, it's possible. I mean, I it would be it would. It's interesting that if that was tied into the big bad, that that's introduced in ostensibly a spinoff film. But we think they have to reconvene. Hobbs and Shaw has to come back for 10 if they're going to ultimately end at 10. Absolutely. I mean, are, are they going to end at 10 or are they going to keep doing like another 10 more? They said they're going to end definitively at 10, but then have spinoffs. Uh, yeah. I know. A, a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people say it's like they're going to end it here and this is the last one and they had then Surprise. I mean, the, the family's yeah. been trying to end their yeah. jobs since five, so... Yeah, I mean, it's like, how many times is there going to be one last ride? If, like, say, ten is the end of the like the the Skywalker saga in terms of the Fast and the Furious, there's no way to do it without both Hobbs and Shaw, as I see it. There's no way. I, I don't see... I'm at the point now I don't see any of these movies not having the two of them. Like, they're just such... Is, I mean, they're just such a big part of it. Because my favorite new theory is that all of this, the public fight on 8, the spinoff in Hobbs and Shaw, it's all a wrestling stunt. That it's all planned. Oh, yeah. I would love that. I really hope so. And I, I love stuff like that. And I really hope that, you know, as much as... I, I, I wouldn't even be mad. I would be like... Because if that was, was all for show and it shows up Just and clap. The Rock... Yeah, The Rock does show up in nine and was like yeah that was all that was all a ruse it's like what a long con for one thing made even longer by a, because of a global pandemic that's probably playing this out and yet tyrese was not in on it he had no idea that it was a con <laughs> it's like he, it he it's like so real. and tyrese you played your part well it's like yeah that was a part he just is roman in real life like yeah i knew it all along it's my idea i told you to use god's eye are, are they building eastwood up to be the new Paul Walker? I hope not. I, he's so boring. If I, I don't hate him, and I like that he kind of embraces. You know, he's like they call him little little nobody, and he's yeah. like because he is. But if if they if they bring in Mia and then start have the two of them hook up, it'll be like. What are you doing? No, they can't do it. They, they no. can't, even in the movie world, like, they can't have them. We're biased against him here only because Joe and I, before this, did a whole podcast about Zac Efron and did all his movies, and, like, Zac Efron's such a more interesting dynamic actor for that exact type of part than Scott Eastwood. Yeah, like, he is. He is. And right? you know what the thing about Efron is? He's He's got his head in the game. Uh, thank you for the High School Musical reference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, uh... No, he's, he bops to the top. And, he does you know, bop to the top. You can bet on it. Sometimes he's got to go his own way, but... <laughs> He certainly doesn't stay with the status quo. No, it's he's man. He's, um, this is whew. he would be great as a fit with that. I also they're bringing back the um the lead from Tokyo Drift. Who I'm like, okay, yes. well, there's there's Sean. another one. You're not going to be able to fill Paul Walker's shoes, so stop trying. It feels what they might be doing. I get it. It feels what they, it's like. Okay, which of these guys is going to stick? And the answer is like none of none. them. It's like you have a great cast as it is. You don't need these guys. Yeah. It's like no, and and nothing against them. I mean, they're not exactly incredibly they're not given a lot to do i'll say that it's not like scott eastwood is given an aria and he flubs it but i do like it when kurt russell just kind of mocks him and makes fun of him i hope they keep kurt russell around i hope so too we love him we love him it's always everything's made made better with kurt russell yeah joe do you have any other notes any other things that you wrote you noticed this time around no we covered a lot of things samuel l jackson that would be an interesting addition 
Oh, he could be the big bad. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good. That would we be never an said interesting. Samuel L. Joe. That would be an interesting. He'd be an interesting. I mean, why not? I mean, talk about entertainment and action and everything in one package. He'd be an interesting one to bring in for sure. So here's a couple quick things about this movie that I noticed. Number one, at the barbecue at the end, I noticed a distinct lack of rubs and sauce, just sauce jars on the table. So I feel like Joe, since the first movie, they truly stepped up their rub and on meat sauce game that they don't need the extra flavor because, like in the first movies, we're, we're Noting, you know the, ch- the Cholula so bottle, all the condiments, yeah. and the fact that there's not any on the on the barbecue table at the end, I was like, oh, they must have gotten better at the at the grilling, at the smoking. Well, if yeah, they're using maybe. a rub, you shouldn't put sauce on it, right? I know. Maybe. I mean, who knows? I maybe like they both. perfected the recipe. I do both. I'm not. I'm not about to tell any of these fictional characters how they should and shouldn't eat. But I mean, if they want some tips, I've got a great restaurant. Food is literally everywhere. So it's yeah. all over it's the not, place. Yeah. 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 Food all over the place. Yeah. It's like maybe they learned the wrong lesson. I don't know. But that's a good point. It's wow. That's that's in depth. I, yeah, believe, believe me, it's it's not healthy. Um, when they go to the warehouse, right, this is where, you know, Roman okay. runs into Blanta, Black Santa, he's got the Lambo. They call yeah. it the toy shop, and I don't know what I want to use this for, but I feel like that could be a segment name for something on the show, just mm. the toy shop. So think about okay. that, mull that over. And my only other note, I think, is that when they're in the room, they're talking about that Roman's not in the top 10 most wanted, right? He's number 11. Yes, he's 11. There's yeah. six, there's eight, there's nine, there's ten. I forgot this, but the top bit of trivia on IMDb is that number seven was a nod to Paul. That seven is the most, the seventh uh, most wanted man is Brian, right? Oh. Uh, but I, so like it's a nice little thing. But I wonder who are the top five most wanted? Is it Cipher? Is Chipper, it Brixton? Chipper's up there. Chipper's up there. Is it Brixton? Is it Shaw? Is it both Shaws? Like, are the top five? I mean, I, I guess there's a thing that like you don't want these guys to be the five. Like they're they're the heroes of our story, but they're also not like the most wanted people in the world. They're just like right. some of the most wanted people. Like, yeah. but who are the top five? Are they the villains that we have seen? Are we like are we led to believe that there are five people? And if so, is it Cipher, Brixton, two Shaws, and then whoever Cipher's boss is? Is that the five? Oh, it could be. It, right? I mean, That's a good point. N- yeah, number one could be Braga. Braga's in jail, though. Yeah, Braga, and I also don't think that, I don't know that Braga's uh, most wanted. It's like, sir, we have him. It's like, keep him on the list anyway. <laughs> it's like, I, I just for some reason like Braga, so I like thinking I he's on too, the list. Yeah. I think it could be whoever the big bad is. It's like, oh, well, who's number one? It's like, we don't talk about number one. Like Voldemort, yeah, we just don't say Yeah, it's anymore. literally, it's it's like it's a giant flaming eye. We have it under control, except not really. Um, I love that they made Brian number seven. It's a nice touch, right? Keeping him involved in the story and just hearing, again, I'll say it every every time this movie that Dom just says, Buster, it's like, oh. Mm. Same. It's heartbreaking, and but really, really nice that they do that because they, they don't have to do that. But I think it's, it's, it's cool that they do. Yeah. Are you now ready to find out which Fast and Furious character you are? I'm ready. Oh, oh, I'm a little afraid. So we've created a J14-style, BuzzFeed-style quiz. There are seven questions, six answers per question. Oh, I love it. If you want to give explanations, you can. If you don't want to give explanations, you don't have to. If you just want to keep the mystery, let the mystery be, by all means. There's no, again, no wrong way to play this game, but are you ready to find out which character you are? I am ready. All right, number one. This is going to be hilarious. Question number one, how fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? Roller coaster. Okay. Question number two, you know it's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one movie said that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? Christian Bale on that movie said that one time. Okay. <laughs> now, Brian, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill? 
saying grace, kicking back with a beer, babysitting, being the entertainment, or sneaking a snack? Being the entertainment. Okay. We've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite? Are you working on your car? Are you hanging with friends? Are you drinking a beer? Are you working out, or are you working on your computer? Mm, Probably working on my computer. Okay. Now, I don't know if you're married or not, but please describe your wedding or your dream wedding for us. I'm not married. So, line forms to the left, ladies. (laughs) I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. Everyone I know is there. Okay. Two more questions. Congratulations, you just won the lottery. What are you buying? My own garage, a private plane, I'm gambling it all away, my childhood home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? Fleet of cars. Okay. Last question. This is for all the marbles right now. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, Whatever's cheapest, or just whatever you're having. Whatever I'm drinking right now. There's, like you know, if, if you send Joe to the bar, just like yeah, get yeah. me whatever you're getting. Um, with those choices, I have to say water. Okay, you are a new character to the quiz. Wow, really? I oh. was surprised. I looked because you had you had been locked into this person for a couple questions. It did not. You did not waver. You jumped out to a real lead in terms of points, in terms of the computation of it all. I was surprised that we haven't had this person because you would think. With how many people we've quizzed, do you think that this guy would come up? But you are Tej. Wow. So here, here's the description. Here's the write-up for Tej, as written by listener Wes Hampton. Brian, you've got the heart of a racer, but the mind of a hacker, and are equally fascinated by the latest tech and how to improve on it as a classic engine. You don't shy away from the tough jobs, but you know you don't have anything to prove, so you're just as happy making sure your family has the things they need to accomplish their goals. Other people look at the big picture, but your strength is figuring out the details to make that big picture possible, and you drive, drive like, like the, the wind, wind blows. blows. Do wow. you think that describes you? Is that you? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. That's like, that is epic, awesome, and totally badass shit. I am none of those things. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, in that I mean, sense. I'd, I'd love it, but to be, I'd love to be those things. I've, we've talked about my, my driving skill. You know, it's, it's, uh, I'll say if there's even a chance that that means I might end up with Natalie Emanuel, then that's cool. And I also love Tej. And of all the characters that are there, it's like, I'd say that's accurate. If I can't be Helen Mirren. You can't. Which probably wouldn't. That's that's fair. Who is the the second uh, closest? Oh, that's a good question. Let me take a look. Hang on. I would say Roman. Yeah. Actually, no. It's somebody we've had before. Your second most likely was Twinkie. Oh, okay. I, I I'm happy with Tej. I love Tej. He's one of my. He's he's definitely in my top five Fast and Furious characters. And I love. Uh, I'd be I'd be happy if one day it'd be a weird ass movie and one weird ass thing to happen in my life if somebody came up to me is like, "There's gonna be a movie about you and Ludacris is gonna play you." <laughs> I'd be like, "Okay, I'm just gonna go with this." Yeah. Um, I I can't even imagine what. Uh, Have you guys heard the story? Of when um, Danny McBride says that he went to visit Kanye and Kanye wanted to play him in his biography. Wanted to play Danny McBride? Kanye wanted Danny McBride to play Kanye in Kanye's biography. Oh, no. Kanye came to visit Danny McBride. He, like, just called him and was like, yo, uh, let's hang out. And he's like, I'm in North Carolina. He's like, I'll be there tomorrow. And just, like, hangs up the phone. And then, like, pitches that he wants Danny McBride to play him 
him, and I was like, that's just incredible. And, and, and when you said, if if Ludacris is playing you in a movie, that's what I was thinking, like Danny McBride playing Kanye in a movie. I mean, like, yeah, if Ludacris is playing me in a movie, then it's like, Apocalypse is truly nigh. But <laughs> for some reason, if anyone is ever going to play Kanye, for some reason, Danny McBride kind of works. It makes but the like, most sense, though, Yeah, right? not even Danny McBride, but kind of Kenny Powers. Yeah. It's, it's like a Danny McBride character and, like, just <laughs> saying Kanye things, and it's like, and that's it. Like, not even a costume change or anything. I, like, I want him to be Kenny Powers. Yeah. Just, just saying Kanye just things. Just starring Danny McBride as Kenny Powers as Kanye in yep. Kanye. Like, directed by Werner Herzog. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> now, if in the story of your life, Ludacris plays you, who's, pre- who's playing Chris Malika? Oh, um, Tyrese. Okay, I love it. Oh, yeah. that was such yeah, a I, shot I'm, in a, yeah, in a yeah. weird, in a backhanded way. Absolutely, and it's completely intentional. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'd love it in real life if Chris and I, if he was Hobbs and I was Shaw, you know, No. It's like not neither one of us is is on that level, and neither one of us are on the Tyrese uh, ludicrous level either. We're just hey you man, know, you, you never know. know. You got to know your role, just like in when we went on the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show. Know your role, that category. It's like it's not a bad true. thing. Just know yeah, your role. It's true. You, you have it's a part a, to play. He's the hero, and I, and every hero needs an asshole. So I'm proud to be his asshole. And every Valkyrie <laughs> needs a cab driver. And you're exactly that cab there. You go. Ooh. There you go. Bring her in. Bring her in. She'd be she'd she'd be great. In this I love franchise. it. Bring everybody in. Two more games. First up, this ain't no 10-second race, a.k.a. Boy Do We, have a podcast for you. So now, Brian, the goal of this game is to go on Twitter.com, what has been referred to by Wells Lamont as the Bird app, which is (laughs) a very strange place to be right now. I mean, a very eye-opening place. Oh, yeah. So please go on Twitter.com and find any tweet that you think someone has sent that they would appreciate this podcast, and then DM it to at too fast too forever and i will respond from our account and say boy do we have a podcast for you hashtag fast and furious hashtag 2f2f and link to our show page okay so so find someone that that i follow it could be somebody you follow it could be any tweet on twitter basically someone in this crazy time i mean everything on there is activism but there's still some people out there i'm sure who are tweeting about the fast and the furious so joe i'm going to not retweet because i don't want to add to the noise but I'm still going to like fine. the tweet and reply to the tweet. So, Brian, find any tweet from anyone that you think we could reply to. One. So, But first, before we do the new ones, I'm going to review last week. So last episode, Furious 7, we had Jeff Legaspi on. I found Cinders23 at Cinders23, quote tweeting from Fox 6 News, where they said that the drive-in season begins this Friday night with Onward and Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. Cinder said, at The Rock, see you at the drive-in Friday night inaugural movie fast and furious hobbs and shaw smile emoji clapping emoji heart emoji hashtag franklin wisconsin hashtag yay boy do we have a podcast for you of course not cinders was never gonna like that tweet it went swing and a miss joe you found miles at master shake six seven eight nine fast and furious movies and step-up movies are the defining guilty pleasure films like technically they're ass but they're just so fun (laughs) that they can't suck Boy, do we have a podcast for you. you. Nope. Mm. Jeff found Scarface at its fuse, fusing Kobo something. Tokyo Drift is the best Fast and Furious film they ever made. Boy, do we have a podcast podcast for you. you. Nothing. Mm. 
over three. So now the other thing to keep in mind, Brian, here is that this game is wildly difficult. We were on a little bit of a run for a little bit where we were getting points, but basically a like is worth a point, a retweet is two, a reply is five, and if they listen and email the show, it's essentially like an automatic win, but you get ten points. So, But in the oh, history man. of us doing this like 50 times... Joe and I have a combined like fifty points. Like it is not it, it combined. It's, it's not. I it's think very this difficult. is how I think I was a part of this game once. I think you guys. This is how I first became aware of you. Really? I think I was, okay. I think, I, I think that's how we engaged first. On maybe I'm not sure because I know that we found Chris Malika that way because I was just sitting in a movie theater waiting for whatever to start and I saw him tweeting about like who's the first right. Brian you think of and he said Brian O'Connor and I was just like oh this guy gets it and so I tweeted at him and then we he said him that. He said that? He didn't say yeah. you. I'm sorry. Oh, that piece of shit. He's going <laughs> to I see I want to win the game, but I just I there's a there's someone here, there's a tweet here that's just too good. Yeah, just it's just please DM it to us and then if you want to read it out loud. Joe, in the meantime, I do want to yeah. point out that I don't know why other than just it's a bot, but it it's so fitting. I don't know if you saw this, but Ryan Gosling Daily Page followed us on Twitter, which oh, I don't think they have any they idea know. that we had a whole they, know. they must know. Ryan, Ryan Gosling Daily too. Page. This is just, it's you not going to win. Go it's not, it's not going to win any points, but I can't not do it because this person following up, getting this response from you is too funny to me. <laughs> Should I read her tweet? Yes, so, please. yeah, there's, there's actually two people here that, you know, either one of them, if they, if they like it or retweet it, it could count. But yeah, if you want to see the original tweet and then the response, if you want to read both, that'd be great. Somebody tweeted, what is one of the least mainstream things about you? I have never seen a Harry Potter or Fast and the Furious movie. Somebody responded to them, I haven't seen the Fast and the Furious movies either, or The Walking Dead. Well, Lavetta J. Phillips at Love love to, love T. Toloka? I don't know how to pronounce that. Boy, do we have a podcast, for, podcast you. for you. <laughs> I mean, yes. we don't at all, but we I also know. do. <laughs> that's why I can't, that's why I couldn't resist. <laughs> oh, we've tried everything, brother. This is good. This is up there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Joe. Who's yours? I mean, maybe this will be the thing. I found um, Milk of the Poppy, P-A-P-I, at Oof. your boy Roshi. The tweet is, at this point, I'm convinced the Fast and the Furious crew could take out a Death Star with the right vehicles and potentially even take down Thanos, in parentheses, Chris, Chris Malika, but not with prep time. Oh, I see boy, what you did there. Oh, Do we yeah. have a podcast for you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, that reminds me of as long as they have enough preparation, they could take it on. It's like that old joke of who would win, Kevin McAllister or the Predator? And the response <laughs> is, well, how much prep time does Kevin have? Exactly. I'm going to take a fucking moonshot here. Why not? I searched a thing. This is the first thing that came up. Uh, found a tweet from a couple months back from Sung Kang at Sung Kang. I'm still in awe from all the love the Fast family has shown me. Hashtag justice for Han. Boy, oh, do we have a podcast for, for you, Sung Kang. Kang. Oh, yeah. that would be a good get. I mean, that would I be... Know. We love you, Brian, but you're not Han. I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, and, and to be fair, who is? But no, that's, I'm not That's Han. what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not yeah. Han, for sure. Yeah, so. I, am, I am most certainly not Han. Wow. Okay. Both of those are going to be are, are, are going to be so much more successful. Than mine. No, mine. No, no mine, mine they, is going to never successful, bro. Yeah. That's the whole point. <laughs> like nothing works. It doesn't matter what we. Re- it'll be like reply here for a reply, and it, it, they still won't. Re- like, give me matter. a podcast to listen to. Boy, do we have a podcast yeah. for you. Nothing. Like just yep. no response. And we've tried it with ours too. It's like, well, are there any good Star Wars podcasts out there? And, and people, fans, have been like, yes, listen to this. And it's like, I don't know if they have or not, but. 
there's there's no way to check really. Yeah. All right, one more game. Okay, up for it. It's called Dude, What's My Car? And so we mentioned this earlier very briefly, but I am not a car guy. Joe is for for most intensive purposes a car guy. He yeah. knows a lot about cars, a lot more than me. We have listeners send in pictures of cars that I try to get Joe to guess based on my terrible descriptions. Not terrible by by per- on purpose. Just terrible because I don't know cars. So you have a choice now, Brian. Do you want to help me give clues, or do you want to help Joe guess the car based on my clues? I want to help give the clues. Okay, so I'm going to forward you an email right now. And Joe, I'm going to say here, before while, while Brian's waiting for the email, I think you could Kobe this and get it from the jump. Just Babe Ruth it? Just point? I don't know at <laughs> what point you can, but I, it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's a good sign. So that means you know what the car is. You didn't have to Google what it was. Oh, yeah. Like, this is... Iconic might be the wrong word. It might I- be more iconic. iconic in the Brian Rodriguez sense where everything's iconic, but, like, it's still a noteworthy thing, right? Okay. It's from Hector. I don't know that the subject line gives any hint, but it's called Dorito Carpic. Dorito car pick. I don't know why. He says, hello, Joey's. Here's a car pick of a special car with a special engine. And then at the very bottom, he says, this car is one of my dream cars. And I plan to get one to make it into a Canyon Carver, in parentheses, a weekend car. Got to go stay Mm. fast and stay sanitized. Mm, The fast and the sanitized. That's the less popular franchise. Yes. (laughs) The fast and the sanitized. Yo, we're fucking sanitized. I'm going to say it. I can see why this is his dream car. Yeah, so now we want to give good clues. We don't want to just be, like, overt about it. But do you know this car or no? Do I? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. So it's not that obvious, Joe, but, like, to us, it's okay. it's, it's it, there's there's a connection here. So it is okay. – it's a Japanese car. This is a little bit of a spoiler. It is a car. It's a car. That's I've never given that clue. That's a, that's a level of a clue that I have not given before. That's, it is a car. Joe, it usually starts with the color. That usually helps. So it's either yeah. silver or white or yellow, depending on which car you're picturing, which, which picture okay. you're looking at. But, Joe, it's Thanks. Japanese. Do you want to Babe Ruth it? Do you want to take a, a, a home run knowing Hector, knowing Hector's tastes, knowing the Japanese car that I think you can get? Do you want to guess? Carver, the Dorito. If I had one guess, yep. and I'm going, you guys heard it. This is all the clues that I got. It would be a Mazda RX-7. FD Spirit R. Mazda RX-7 FD Spirit how, R. How good was that? Did you how, hear this? Brian, did you hear that? Can how, you testify that there was no clues involved in that? I'm sorry, but how the fuck <laughs> did you just do that? In So in this franchise, the, the Japanese car is the RX-7. No, right. there's a skyline too, bro. But uh, you... But I was like, "Oh, you're not. A, you're never, never even gonna get Mazda," and you had the exact model with the fucking letters and the number. How did you do that? I just, I just took an educated guess. But how did Canyon you even Carver. know that the that the RX seven was a thing? Is that that's a thing? That's just a thing. That's a thing that people know. Oh it my is. God, I am blown away. Oh my god! Good, I'm glad. See, l- listen, guys, that was real. His reaction is real. I definitely favored it. Joey well, called it. I got yeah. it. Well done. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I have to respect. <laughs> I, I know nothing about cars or whatever, but oh my god, even uh, that—that that was impressive. I, that is, that is something else, man. You should listen to some of the other episodes where it's like a Chevy Malibu, and I spend 45 minutes trying to guess Malibu. Where I'm literally like, "Hey, Joe, <laughs> it's also a type of rum." You're like, F- "I don't, I don't know." Yeah, it's like In the Chevrolet, the Chevrolet Bacardi. That's a famous thing, right? Oh my, I'm just that—that that was impressive. 
That yeah. was impressive. Damn, oh I'm, I'm good. I'm, I I'm thought you could I got, do it. I'm glad, I'm glad that you one. did. I'm glad. Like, I feel a little validated that I knew that you could do it. I feel yeah. a little robbed because I, w- I was planning some hilarious clues. Well, why, don't we, why don't you describe it, Joe? I just forwarded you the email if you take a look at it. But, Brian, how would you describe this car if you had to get if you had, If you didn't know what – I mean, you don't know what an RX-7 is. If you yeah. had to describe it, how would you describe this car? Sleek. <laughs> Crisp. Sleek. Okay. <laughs> it can light a candle in the darkness, but sometimes it likes them to be a surprise. Windshield, <laughs> angled, lights, wheels, slightly at a turn, spokes, oh yes, it has them. Doors, you betcha. I mean, obviously an RX-7. <laughs> you got it, you got it, see? And it, it has an Xbox in it. The main clue that you guys didn't get, he said it has a special engine, right? And the RX-7 oh, has a rotary yeah. engine. Oh, okay. So that's how I, the special engine part gave me a huge hint. But does it have a popcorn machine in it? <laughs> Has, the, has Exhibit gotten his hands on the... What if Exhibit ride. is the big bad? The car? Yeah, no, Exhibit is the big bad of oh. Fast and the Furious. Oh. He pimped the and ride. He pimps all and the rides. whole thing is they have to go back in time to stop production of Pimp My Ride because all of those cars have broken down and oh. it's Exhibit's the big bad. I, that's fan fiction that I want. I, I, I'm all <laughs> about it. Brian, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. Bro, that was before, a great... before Thanks you so go, much though, for having me. This is so much fun. Before you go, I can't not ask you about a thing. You've been in a bunch of things, a bunch of projects that I love that, you know, you were in Kimmy Schmidt, you were in Red Oaks, which I love. But there's one thing that is very close to Joe's heart that you were in I one know. episode of. And I just I want know. to hear the story about you playing prank reporter <laughs> in the episode Comic Perversion of Law & Order SVU. Can you please tell us about Prank Reporter? Before. We're, we're, I'm, you know, doing my my background prep for Brian being our guest. That's not a thing. And I mentioned this to Rachel, and she goes, I know exactly what episode Really? Is. Wow. Huge SVU fans in this house. I've seen, you know, through episode 15, I mean, through season 15, every episode multiple times well that's what this is this is season 15 episode 15 i just looked it up yeah. yeah it's it's usually if you say it's the jonathan silverman episode oh jonathan silverman people will know which one you're talking about it's funny because that was my the fr- i had been auditioning for television and film for about a year when i first got a manager i had been in the city for a while but i was mostly doing theater and i hadn't been in any of the rooms before in front of the casting directors for film and tv i didn't know how to audition for film and tv it's a completely different thing. And so it took me a while to kind of get my face out there and to learn what the hell I was doing and anything else. And I had auditioned for them before for Law & Order, but it was a d- completely different part. And then, Were you, were um, you um, FedEx guy that knows too much? No, it was it was like no it was kind of I, I forget honestly because you, you, it's you, you, you on purpose you I go in and then I leave and I try and forget as much as possible because I don't I don't want to get my hopes up because if I yeah. the minute I go in and I'm like I feel really good about that especially if it's a show I'm a fan of because that's happened a couple times and I've been like wow I would love to be on this show and and I'd be like I feel like I'm really perfect for this show and that happens like sometimes it's boardwalk Empire became my white whale because I was already a big fan of that show and and I kept being called in for it. And they kept saying, it's like, you're oh. right for this show. You're not right for this part. Damn. Right at the end, I got in there in the series finale. 
screaming Ooh. two lines, screaming two lines at Al Capone, That's and awesome, in one a gigantic crowd scene or whatever else, and uh, and pretty much was glared at by Stephen Graham all day. But that's another story. But it's like, <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, that was that was like multiple tries. It's like finally got there, and it ended up like in the finale of the entire series. Amazing. But anyway, but with that, that was the first one that I'd ever booked. That was I remember it was just one line. It's obvious, and it's it's one that I am endlessly ribbed about and I, I i try you know you try very much not to have a big head not that i have any reason to have a big head but anytime someone asks me it's like oh i saw you on this show or something else and there's a select group of people that if they're around they'll be like oh ask him what his first job was uh, <laughs> ask him what his first thing was and i'm like who's on svu and they're like wow it's like yeah what did you say what was your line it's like uh, all right it's like and my father always calls it my pretzels are making me thirsty moment. yeah you know because yeah. the line is what about gang rape? <laughs> that's my line. That's the that's first not thing. Funny, but yes, that's, it's very no, funny. it's the first thing I'm ever, I'm ever, I've ever said on television. The idea is that it's like somebody. I'm, I'm next to, on the on the steps of of the of the building, and they're having it's one of those press conference scenes. They come down, and a real reporter. It's and the whole episode is about you know whether rape jokes are funny, and of course they're not. But the thing yeah. is. The Jonathan Silverman character tells rape jokes. Is he then, you know, they think he's a rapist. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it. I, You know, so a real reporter asks him, is rape funny? And he says, no, of course not. And then I'm standing there pretending to be a real reporter, but I'm actually a Baba Booey type of guy. And yeah. so my response is, well, what about gang rape? And I said it many different ways in many, because we did a lot of takes of this. But there was one where the director was like, oh, just scream it. And then keep screaming at him as he's walking away. And at this point, like I'm getting, I'm used to getting eye rolls and head shakes from everybody. It's like that's just the general response to me. It's like, what the hell is going on with this person? But now I'm getting them from Jonathan Silverman and Elizabeth Marvel, like on the set of a fucking NBC show. I'm like, oh my god, it's just really everybody, isn't it? Um, and so I'm saying, I'm like, I want to say to people, it's like, you know, this is the script. These are in the lines. This is the lines. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I I'm didn't... not improving here. Yeah, like, it's like, the... I, I was improving after that. None of it's in the cut, but I was, well, my little hat, you can hear like a cackle. It's like, that was not scripted. But he's like, keep yelling at him as he goes up the steps. And Raul Esparza is waiting for the next part of the scene, and he couldn't stand it. It was a very cold day, and he couldn't stand it because I kept getting shot dirty looks and and they kept rolling i'm like i'm gonna keep going until they yell cut that's generally how i operate and no one was telling me to stop in fact he said just keep going i'm like okay it just goes to and i'm like i can't believe this is how it was operating but and so of course they use the one where i'm screaming it and and kind of laughing cackling and so many people are like why did you say it like that i was like we said it a lot of ways that's the one they they chose that one it's like i wasn't consulted i remember in the audition i had like I said it a little with a smile and I held up my hand for like a, a high five that nobody was giving me and it was it was a whole thing and I just riffed for like five minutes and like the next day they were like, okay, yeah, pretty much you're on hold and then the day after that is like, you got it and it was like, wow, that this was the thing that and that's just solidifies that's like just playing assholes is something that I'll say that I'm. I, it's it's my wheelhouse. If I have a wheelhouse, it is that. You're typecast now as the, yeah. as the yelling guy. Not always. Not <laughs> always. It's like, but thankfully not with that one. But it's and usually it's. I'll tell you. Start with like yelling one thing here or there. And and I remember. I think it might have been my mother who was like, "Why did you say that?" It's like it's the <laughs> in the script. script. I was like, it's I didn't write it. 
And the thing is, it taught me bad lessons because it taught me it's like, okay, if I just, you know, you can try things. And it's like, even on a set like this, it's like, I'm going to keep going until they say cut. And nobody was stopping me or telling me. And I even said, it's like, do you want me to stop? And the director was like, no, no, it's great. Just keep doing it. I was like, okay, because everyone's giving me death looks. So I get on recently, and and then that's different on on something like um, Orange is the New Black, and that was the first time I actually had a scene that actually had you know was dialogue with a character, and it was it's, it's short, but it was it was nice to you know, and that's one where you stick to the script. Did, and you, I did you scream it at? Did you scream it at? The no, character? no, thank, it okay. was you know, and and he was a total asshole. I mean, but it was like um, it was it was in the third season where the character Morello has a series of pen pals. And I'm one oh, of her pen pals. Yeah. Wow. And to okay. be fair, it's like they get their comeuppance on me because, like, in the next episode, they're like, "Was that the fatty?" And they say, "No, fatty was the one with Dream." I, I was, I was heavy, much heavier at the time, and so I'm like Yoga Jones. And the episode I'm not even in is calling me fat. And I was like, "That's nice. <laughs> Thank you, Yoga Jones." <laughs> Like you just made me feel bad. So that was completely different, and there was no improv there. But then, just this last, just the uh, last summer, I was uh, I did three days on uh, High Fidelity for Hulu, and they had me in there, and there was a lot of improvisation going on on that set. You know, it's tightly controlled. I couldn't believe it. Like I'm sitting there, and again, it's a thing where I'm riffing with you know, right there with Zoe Kravitz and and other people, and nobody's stopping me. I'm just saying anything, and and I said to the director at the, you know on break, I'm like, is this okay? Are you happy with it? He's like, he just looked at me and said, if I wasn't, I would tell you. <laughs> I was like, okay. And and there came a point where he's like, no, this is a point where you just shut up and you just respond. And I was like, okay, point taken. That's all I have to. Fair, that's all yeah. you have to say. I'm like, and I yeah. shut up and I can behave. It's like tug the leash and I'll shut. I'll shut the fuck up. Amazing. But until then, it's like I, I was like, I can't believe it. And and the thing is, with the, when that episode aired, I'm like. Most of it was so much of that improv shit stayed in. It was amazing. I was like half of this episode I'm not even supposed to be in. And you're just there. And my friend he's not my he's my he was a I met him doing the show, but he was like, you know, you shouldn't try that a a lot of times. You do that, you'll get fired. It's like that was a danger. It's like it was a big swing and it paid off, but that was a risk. I was like, I know, but I did ask and nobody (laughs) stopped me. It's like so I mean yeah, and, and like I did ask, like it's not like I'm just doing this, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, and other people are riffing off it as well, so I'm like, I'm okay. I'm like, I assume, and I just I'm getting away with murder left and right. Then there are other things since then where it's like, okay, this is a say the lines are scripted, hit your marks, and shut the hell up kind of deal. It's um, yeah. it's always different, but it all comes back whenever I I anyone asks about any of this stuff, and certain people are around, they'll always be like, what about gang rape? <laughs> Is gang uh, rape funny, Brian? It was funny also when Men in Black came out. Somebody was, because of uh, some people at at Sci-Fi, you know, they get screenings and everything. So they saw it before I did. So I was like, my one friend was like, I'll text you and tell you if you're still in it. Because you have no idea if you're still in the cut. All I know is I went in and did some ADR. And he's like, the official report is you have two lines and a grunt. (laughs) He's like, I think that equates to two and a half lines. I was like, okay. Well, I remember the grunt because that took most of the ADR to get right. It was like... (laughs) Uh, and then they're like, no more of an eh. I'm like, eh. And they're like, no more of an eh. eh, eh. You're just tired of it. I'm like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> it, it's, it, just, it just gets really ridiculous. It's, I love um, it. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. That went on a little longer. That was so about so much more than you asked. I oh, no. No, no, no. It was 
marvelous. But I'm glad... I love all of your stories, brother. I'm glad that you circled back to Men in Black, because I will get to continue my... Apparently, my thing now in this podcast is to plug stars, and Men in Black International is streaming currently on stars, so I know that as soon as I finish here... I'm going to go watch one scene in particular and then envision laps and <laughs> laps and laps is, is it on around stars? the block. I didn't even yeah. I didn't even I didn't even know it was it was on stars. That's interesting. It I'll, I'll say it's I I it's no secret that movie went through some a lot of recutting and a lot of exhaustive reshoots. Bit much bigger name actors had their parts sliced in half and I think they were like what works? It's like Kumail Nanjiani's little alien really works. Okay, <laughs> let's cut a lot of this stuff and just a lot more of him. But I it's one of those things it's like I'd like to see what F Gary Gray's original vision of that especially because like and you know not to again pick this back up because we got to wrap this up we were talking about when we first had the idea of men in black a crossover like will smith and tommy lee jones are too old for this franchise now but like chris hemsworth and tessa thompson are just so cool and they would fit in here and i love seeing them in any movie and everything about that like should have just been like a home run and like it was just you know you wonder again to your point like what f gary gray wanted to put on screen and you know maybe it was going to be a two hours of cab rides i don't know who knows i i was supposed to have you know soliloquies that i just that i memorized and slaved over and would just cut and it's so monologues wrong. yeah just, uh, no. just cab driver monologues. yeah it's like no but i i mean i from, from i don't know any more than anyone else does from what i hear it was a lot more which makes sense it was a lot more about immigration and tackling you know things a lot more head-on mm. than that and it became a little safe but ultimately, I'm just, with everything like that, I'm, like, just happy to be there. Well, again, thank you so much. We're just happy that you're here with us because this was a blast. And thank you oh, for blast. for giving us reason, even more reason to, you know, love Fate of the Furious than we thought we did. Yeah, I mean, I, I and we'll see. I'll have to, you know, the only thing is for me to do is now to watch all of them again. Yeah. Guys, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having no, me. This you. has Our been pleasure. an Please. absolute ball. Is there anywhere that you would like people to find you, projects you have done, anywhere, social media, anything that you've written? Plug whatever you want to plug here. Where can people find Brian Silliman online? If you have Hulu, you can find um, High High Fidelity um, Episode 7 is currently streaming on Hulu. Um, I'm also in Episodes 2 and 8, I believe, of an ABC show called The Baker and the Beauty, which just Mm, finished. Cool. And that was on ABC, but that is available also on Hulu and probably the ABC app. Online, I'm the uh, co-host and writer and producer, uh, one of the producers, of Jabba the Pod, podcast about Star Wars on Sci-Fi Wire. Uh, We're taking a break for this week until we... uh, to clear some room in the airwaves or whatever yep. else, but we'll be back with that soon. And on YouTube, um, for also for Sci-Fi Wire, I host a show called Warp Factor, which is all about uh, Star Trek. We do a different Star Trek episode every week, and it's loony and nuts and fun and everything like that. So all of that's Very on the cool uh, Sci-Fi Wire's YouTube page, and Amazing. I can be found on Twitter if you want at at Brian Silliman. Very, very cool. Well, thank you again for that. And Joe, our next episode on what? Friday, the one we're recording next, is Smokey and the Bandit. Oh. Very nice. excited to do that. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, including all 98 episodes of this show, after Smokey and the Bandit, the next one is episode 100, so we got some cool special stuff coming at you. Go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at 
Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com. Decide what you want us to watch in future laps. I already hinted, I dropped, I think in a recent episode, I like left in the lap that I spoiled. I think I announced it again. Next lap, in case you missed those two clues. You did. It's not the entire theme, but next lap is, and Brian, this is for you too, Michelle Rodriguez lap. We are watching Michelle Rodriguez movies in addition to other things between the Fast and Furious movies. So Here for it. Very excited. Nice. <laughs> so check out TooFastTooForever.com to support us over there and to get picks for that lap and every other lap in the future ad infinitum as we go on for forever. Family at cageclub.me let us know you're out there, you're listening, you're staying safe and you're, you know, fighting sanitized. the system. Yes, staying sanitized and staying strong. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Brian Silliman. We'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace out. Peace out. You anus piecers. Peace out.